0: You're listening to the Plain Talking UK Podcast, the UK-based podcast written by a passenger for anyone. And here are your hosts, Carl Stebbings and Matt Smith. Well, hello and welcome to episode number 155 of You're the and rubbish UK at Sign Language. <laughs> I know. Matt, Matt was busy trying to sign language something to me while we were running the opening credits there, which I just right, didn't understand. Right. It's at radio all. friendly, don't panic. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> there we go. Anyway, they can see you now, look. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I, I
0: couldn't make out what you were trying to say, Matt. It was something to do with glasses. I don't wear glasses, <laughs> so I don't know what it was. Oh, oh, no? Oh.
1: Okay. No, okay. I was merely well, telling you how many people were watching.
0: Oh,
1: oh <laughs> right. Well, that was worth it. Anyway, right. Uh, so, hello, hello, yes. and, uh, hello and welcome. <laughs> oh, is this thing on? It right. is it.
0: <laughs> it's the uh, it's the tenth of, um,
1: Some, yeah, yeah. of March. Someday, March. Yes, <laughs> tenth of March,
0: and it's two minutes past seven. We've started
1: on time. I know. <laughs> Don't say anything. Um, <laughs> yeah, Quiet. Uh, no, uh, nobody uh, touch uh, a button or I anything. Know.
0: Yeah. Huge welcome to everyone who's joined us in uh, in the chat room today. We've got uh, loads of people in there in the chat room with us live this evening Adrian Meacham Bear Pictures
1: Carlos oh I'm in there oh that's fine are you you're <laughs> in there yeah. Jennifer so, uh, Rick says and, and there it is when when I c- uh, said and this is the point where I call in and mess it all up that's what which is okay. last week because we <laughs> were on time last week and then somebody was ready anyway, um, yes, so. anyway Jonathan Warner <laughs> yes, yes. in the chat room got yes. Liz Piper yeah.
0: uh, our main man and the moderator mm-hmm. Michael absolutely uh, oh, is the, in the blue chat room. spanner of death I know uh, Neville Bounds <laughs> yes, the, the, the other tech. blue spanner of death uh, yeah. and I can actually say that Neville has got his um, um, fully-sized Plain Talking UK t-shirt. Excellent. Uh, yes. Rick Bell, our guest from last week's, also in the chat room. And Back is in the chat room as well. Hey. Evening to you. And, uh, yeah, thanks again for your awesome segment you sent us. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, all those stories of three segments you sent us, they were awesome. Mm-hmm. I listened to um, the last one this week, actually, uh, whilst I was at work,
1: which was good. I enjoyed that oh. thoroughly mm. I think we need to adjust your camera do we? <laughs> <laughs> oh it's got. A there, so it's fine no leave it it's fine ok here we go right, okay. sorry. We had a little bit. he's wearing a white t-shirt everyone he doesn't normally wear a white t-shirt and it's causing havoc oh sorry <laughs> <laughs> anyway. so we
0: have uh, we have got a guest with us a uh, guest host with us on the show this week and uh, he's someone who's been a, a very big player in the show so mm. far since we started he's so, yes. um, been a very Absolutely. very kind contributor to our Patreon fund and uh, he's also a PPL license yes, holder. Yes, yes. Well, something uh, you're not.
1: Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. Yeah. Don't go down that avenue. Oh,
0: okay. mm. And uh, uh, he's also uh, just recently brought himself a lovely little Cessna 150. <gasps> mm. Yeah. so welcome onto the show, your first time on the PTUK show, Adrian
2: Meacham. Good evening. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, it's an uh, absolute pleasure. Really appreciate it. So uh, hopefully, uh, I don't mess it up too much. And uh, That's all right. so here we go. I no. get
1: I get away with it every week, I shouldn't worry <laughs> about it. It's fine. <laughs> so, Adrian, we're gonna
0: have, uh, we're gonna do some uh, news, and so you're gonna join in with us with the news stuff, and uh, we're gonna yeah. uh, we're gonna have a little chat with you towards a sort of the, the bottom end of the show, mm. and have a chat That's with cool. how uh, how your flying's going, and also about this amazing new plane that uh, yeah. that you've just got. Yeah, so, great. yeah. It awesome. must be a fairly common one because even I've heard of it that's yeah it's,
2: it's, it's pretty common certainly <laughs> yeah. in the uh, PPl world that's for sure
0: I must say it's got a, a, I love the uh, the registration of it it's,
1: it's it, it yeah. yeah we better check
2: we're it allowed to say it's it's really nice to be fair I mean you know it was as we bought it we, we purchased it at Christmas but uh, yeah it looks great
0: it's got one yeah. of those registrations you know when when you're flying it you you need to call back read back to various <laughs> people you talk to and with the ones we have at the flying school they're all
1: mishmash and right. you know okay. and that
0: but the the, uh, the the aircraft that Adrian's got is one of those ones that you could just psh- straight away. It's easier. Right. to remember. We'll, 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 we'll,
1: yeah. we'll, we'll maybe get to that later if we're lucky. So
0: anyway. we have, uh, we've got uh, some loads of commercial news stories to get through this week. Loads of good stories and we've got uh, a segment from Pilot Pip which uh, he sent in just before we started mm-hmm. the show. And, and don't worry
1: uh, everyone I have remembered to load it in this time. He has, yeah. so we're ready to go. We've got a segment <laughs> from Pip. Uh,
0: it's all about diversions this week actually. Mm. Uh, uh,
1: very much a, a sort of avid, uh, well a, a very hot topic I think this week given the uh, air traffic control strikes yeah. in France and I know one, one of uh, one of the friends the show, Owen, um, I I don't think I'm going to get into trouble for saying this, but he didn't have the smoothest of flights. No. But he will no, no. doubt appear in the chat room later and tell you all about <laughs> it if you ask. So if you see Owen pop up in the chat room, give him a hug. then make, give him a big hug. because he's hug. Give him a virtual hug because he's, he's, he's had a rough week, I yeah. think it's safe to say. And I uh, know
0: we've got some military news, a few military news stories mm-hmm. and stuff to get through. So uh, I think we'd better kick off then. I think we had, yeah. So we're going to start the show then as we do each week with our rundown of the weekly news from around the world and the UK. So if you're ready, Matt. I am, yes. And if you're ready, Adrian. Certainly am. Let's go. So, kicking off this week's first news story then, it's on the mirror.co.uk website, another one of the f- fabulous newspapers here <laughs> in the UK, and uh, <laughs> and it's a picture story as well, so Matt's going to put the pictures up while we do oh, is the he? story. Oh, right. oh, oh, is he? Okay. He is, yeah. <laughs> and, uh,
1: Concentrate here. The headline,
0: uh, Major Airline Introduces the Ultimate in Luxury Travel Ooh. with Double Beds on Flights. Ooh-er.
1: Oh,
0: uh. So uh, the story goes, uh, one of the world's major airlines has introduced the ultimate in luxury travel, putting double beds on their flights. The first uh, on-flight double bed was unveiled by Qatar, Qatar,
1: Qatar. <laughs> This is something we've been discussing on emails this recently. Indeed,
0: indeed. Uh, For business class passengers uh, this week, uh, privacy panels allow couples to close themselves off from the rest of the cabin, and each room comes with a do not disturb sign outside just in case of what. I don't know. Uh, each seat is crafted with luxurious details such as hand-stitched Italian leather, Ooh. satin and satin rose gold uh, stitch finishing. And if, if you're watching the YouTube uh, stream, you'll be able to see this here. Uh, the Q-suite will be fitted onto the existing uh, Qatar Airways plane starting from June 2017 at an estimated rate of one aircraft a month. The new seat design was unveiled by Qatar Airways Group Chief Executive Akbar Al Baker before the airline's annual press conference on the opening day of the ITB Berlin Exhibition, uh, the world's largest trade show. Uh, A full-size cross-section of Qatar Airways aircraft featuring the new Q-suite was uh, unveiled to an audience which included Sheikh Saud bin Al-Buram, and Al-Thani Qatari ambassador to the state of Qatar in Germany, yes, and the mayor of Berlin, (laughs) uh, Mr. Michael Muller. Mm -hmm. And the new seats have taken uh, two years to create.
1: The Q Suite
0: features the industry's first ever double bed, available in business class with privacy panels uh, that stow away, allowing passengers in adjoining seats to create their own private rooms. Adjustable panels and movable TV monitors on the centre of the four seats allow colleagues, friends or families travelling together to transform their space into a suite. Uh, Qatar Airways Group Chief Executive uh, Mr Akbar Al-Baker said this week, Today I'm proud to unveil the future of premium travel with our new Q Suite business class. Our unique and painted design is a world first in many ways and challenges industry norms by offering passengers more privacy, more choice and more Personalization. With all these innovations, Qatar Airways has revolutionized the way we serve business class travelers, enabling our passengers to enjoy a first class in business class. And this is truly a business class as never seen before and is entirely in keeping with our premium product and service philo- philosophy. Uh, he goes on, he makes uh, it makes sense to give people the choice to make their own cabin within a cabin, creating double Q suites or quadrants. Now, I've been looking at these pictures while he have been while well, i've been reading through the story here and they just it is it's, it's
1: amazing it is honestly I mean, it's we the way the, to travel uh, we were looking at as i say we were just playing the the promotional video that they've uh, that uh, uh Cutter, I believe, is how <laughs> <officially Cutter. laughs> um, uh, we'll it's officially pronounced. We'll get out about it. No it's no, no. really amazing. Well, I've mm. had it from a fairly reliable res- resource, shall we say, mm. but apparently it is officially Cutter. So, uh, I'd like to say that the argument is well and truly over. But uh, but look at the pictures is, though. When you're seated mm. it in these bit little segments, the bed looks so comfortable. The bed looks so comfortable. I say, if you were watching on YouTube on our YouTube channel, you will have seen uh, the video as Carlos was reading that story look most luxurious what do you think
0: about that Adrian would you like to give that a uh, give it a go
2: it looks pretty good I mean I think you did pretty well actually not saying the three words mile high club during that you should have saved this story for uh, yeah. when uh, Captain yeah. Al was next on yeah. no had, no no it this <laughs> yeah, so, yeah it looks pretty impressive must say um, can't wait not for me though I don't think it's uh, yeah
1: I'd be interested
0: to see just how much that costs to fly business class on uh, uh, one to try million pounds. <laughs> I don't it's that much? I mean, I'm, I'm guessing it's probably going to be in the tens of thousands. I'd imagine for this in business class, but um, indeed, yeah. If, yeah. Uh, if you're listening, if you're listening, uh, uh, Mr. Al Akbar Baker, uh, Baker-Akbar, right, yeah, okay. just, contact um, the
1: Plane yeah. Talking UK <laughs> podcast. We'd be delighted to road test your uh, your wonderful suite for I you know. yeah free of charge, free I, of charge. Oh, yeah. yeah we're, <laughs> we don't we're happy co- to we do it charge. for free we won't we charge, charge. We're, we're very reasonable like that we might even make a promotional video of our own yeah, 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 yeah. We can, yeah. <laughs> absolutely Yeah, yeah <laughs> So our next story, moving on. Our next on. story, yes. Now, this is an unusual story here, because it is referring to what is usually our, our uh, number two story, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. shall we say. And I think yeah. this is actually a story that uh, Owen sent me, uh, I think, uh, as well. Uh, and it is, uh, the Telegraph is the newspaper. Uh, so a quality, an actual quality rag here in the UK. Uh, and it's, uh, oh, it was slightly worrying, really. British Airways to offer less legroom than Ryanair on short-haul flights. Hmm. Let's see what uh, NevTech has to say about that, shall we? British Airways is cutting the amount of legroom for economy passengers on short-haul flights by squeezing two more rows of seats onto its Airbus aircraft. Wow. The airline will reduce the gap between the seats from thirty inches to twenty-nine inches on the A320 and the A321 planes in its fleet, meaning it will offer the same legroom as EasyJet. Ryanair, on the other hand, gives its passengers thirty inches of legroom. EasyJet flies uh, the A19, uh, so the A9 and the A320 uh, planes on its short haul flights while Ryanair uses Boeing 737 800s uh, 738 aircraft uh, Ryanair uh, we also began rolling out new slimline seats in the cabins of its new uh, Boeing 8th, Boeing 380 aircraft and 380, uh, no, where does it say that <laughs> does it say that really so, yeah, it says Ryanair also began rolling out new slimline seats in the cabins of its new Boeing 380 aircraft Last year. Now I think that's supposed to say 737-800. Right. Yeah. Okay. Good. Well. Well done, The Daily Telegraph. <laughs> I repeat, well done, The Daily Telegraph. Each one of these new made-up <laughs> aeroplanes, uh, <laughs> uh, with the new delivery, features Boeing's new Skyline interiors, a spokesman said, with slimline seats that bring the pitch seat pitch to thirty-one, mm. which is much much more like it. So the move by BA follows its efforts to offer a, f- a service more akin to that of its budget rivals by scrapping the free snacks and drink passengers used to get in economy class on short-haul flights. BA said it is increasing the number of seats in order to be able to offer customers lower fares. We will be flying more than 78 short-haul destinations this year with fares starting as low as £39, a spokesman said. So we can keep fares low from next year we're making a small increase to the number of seats on our A320 and A321 fleet. The airline said that its customers uh, choose it because it offers quality and value in all areas. We fly to and from main airports with good onward transport links at the times of day our customers want to travel, its spokesman also added. Uh, But there are those who will see this new direction as an error. Nick Trend, Telegraph Travels consumer editor said that this strikes me as a significant mistake by, by BA. If it, was, uh, if it has one invaluable asset as an airline it is that many customers still believe that they get a better experience flying with BA than they do the cheaper alternatives such as Ryanair and EasyJet. That's a hard reputation to win and a very very easy one to lose. Others questioned whether it was a good idea for BA to attempt to follow the no-frills model on short-haul flights. BA are playing a dangerous game if they're trying to battle the budget airlines head-on, said Hannah Mundrell of finance website money.co.uk. They should look at uh, what happened in the supermarket sector before they make any further cuts. Trying to compete with budget brands purely on price didn't work, uh, didn't work there, and I'm doubtful whether it will work here either. Great customer service is what coaxes customers. Customers into spending more, and that is one area where BA simply cannot afford to compromise. In January, BA stopped serving free food and drink on all its short-haul services, instead partnering up with Marks & Spencer instead to supply sandwiches and snacks at a cost to the customer. Uh, last summer, the national carrier also reduced its free meal service on long haul flight economy uh, on long haul economy flights of less than eight and a half hours from two meals to just one. Many flights in the UK to the US East Coast, include New York, take between seven and eight hours, while the journey to Toronto and Montreal in Canada is around seven. The meal service received by business uh, that's or club class and first customers has not been changed. A BA spokesman said that its new range from M&S was introduced as a direct result of feedback from customers who wanted more choice and better quality catering on our short-haul flights. Useful details on the quality of seat and service offered by airlines can be found along with ratings for all carriers on websites such as the airlinequality.com or seatguru.com. Now, I think you've used seatguru.com. Yeah, I used, actually
0: Use seatguru mm. this afternoon when I was booking my flights with Air Canada. Mm. To just choose which flight uh, seat mm. I was going to sit at, uh, free of charge, I might add, with Air Canada, yeah, no okay. charge to, really? to pick your own seat. Okay. Um, but just reading this back through the story that you just read, Matt, interesting this one as well about the seats mm. and stuff, and uh, the Telegraph uk site, they've actually got a little questionnaire on here, yep. and at the moment they've got one and a, just a, under 1,500 voters so far, but they've got a little voting system on the page mm-hmm. where you can uh, vote on the question they ask, which is, has economy class become too cramped? And they're asking, uh, you could click on uh, yes, cattle class is now unbearable, or yes, but I'd still rather pay less to fly, so I don't mind, or you can click on no, I've not really noticed the difference, and there's a little thing you can click on there and at the moment, like I said, it's just under 1,500 Thousand people voted on that particular questionnaire on the Telegraph.co.uk website. So um, I,
1: I know they said they were concerned about um, you know <clears throat> like going with the, the low low cost airline model. Um, but the one thing I will give them uh, uh, will give BA if they do go down this route is the fact that they do tend to fly into the major airports, as it said in the story. I mean, whilst we've all flown Ryanair and you know it, it is a mm. great way of cheaply getting from one one part of the world to another. Um, they do tend to land in airports that that are not necessarily as close to the destination you had in mind as perhaps you'd like, uh, he says, choosing his words carefully. But this uh, seat pitch <laughs> thing, though,
0: um, this, this matters quite a lot to, to, to some people, especially people who are very tall um obviously with the seat pitch not being as uh, as, as good as generous you know you're going to be it is you know when you've got your knees mm. up against the seat in front yeah. of you
1: it's not going to be comfortable no, um, no but then i suppose as long as they don't change it for the long haul then i
2: don't know
0: t- uh, um, what's your normal airline of choice uh, adrian when you're uh, traveling the uh, the world um it depends i mean sure.
2: I, I try to stay british to be fair so uh when i was traveling a lot to the u.s british airways and virgin really so uh, they're both pretty good i mean um just on this story i mean i don't think it's a good thing i think it was Micah, perhaps last year did a short piece um talking about the race to the bottom you know for airlines racing to the bottom <laughs> in terms of quality i think it's an exact uh, you know, example of this really. So, uh, yeah, not good. I don't think. But I think, you know, I think Matt's point regarding the, um, you know, the location. I suppose that that is too, that is very valid. But uh, no, I think British Airways should should be able to differentiate themselves from um, the, you know, the the Ryanairs and EasyJets of the world, as I say. But uh, it's the way it's going. It looks like. So, yeah, that's it. That's what we got.
0: There we go. So I remember flying when we flew with EasyJet last year. And uh, the actual leg room that we had on the aircraft with the Airbus A320 was—I thought was really good. Actually, the mm. leg room offered by the EasyJet was really, really mm-hmm. good. Um, but I've not—I'm yet to fly. I mean, we've flown BA long haul, but not uh, short haul. Long. I think Nev is the man to ask when it comes to. Mm. Uh, yeah. Is, I'd, sure inter- I'd be is.
1: interested to hear his um, mm. his opinion about this seat pitch issue actually mm. um, I mean is it just going to be one of these things that they're making mm. up as they go along or, or, or is it you know really happening?
0: Now Matt you've got a quick breaking news story that's have, just come in while yeah. I've been doing this show yeah, before we indeed. go on to the next story. Yeah.
1: So before we move on to the next story he says fingers crossed um, Yes, yeah, so this is uh, on the BBC News it re- about three hours ago I think it actually happened but Istanbul helicopter crash four Russians mm. among the, the among seven dead Seven people have been killed after a helicopter crashed on the outskirts of Istanbul. I should say this is on the BBC website. uh, Reportedly after hitting a television tower in the fog, the Sikorsky helicopter owned by a Turkish company was carrying four Russian guests, a Turkish executive and two pilots. It crashed on a highway in a place I can't even begin to pronounce uh, district after taking off from Ataturk. Atterk yeah. uh, Airport, uh, Governor Vasap Salin has said uh, the cause of the crash is very much under investigation at this time. Taxi driver... Uh, a taxi driver told a TV station that the helicopter hit a former television t- tower that now has a restaurant at the top before crashing, but Turkish authorities have not ruled out a technical fault. Reuters has said the helicopter belonged to um, a large group of companies, one of Turkey's, Turkey's uh, biggest conglomerates with businesses in pharmaceuticals and building products. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so that is breaking news. Um, yeah, well I say breaking news in the last sort of three hours so mm. a it's a helicopter into a TV mm. tower. That's, uh, that's a very odd story, isn't it? Mm. Mm. Always sad when you yeah. hear about things like that in the Indeed. news. Indeed, But yeah. is, uh, more... just happened uh, very just recently. Very recently, yeah. yes, absolutely. So more news uh, on that as and when it comes. So the next
0: story moving on then, Adrian. This one is for you.
2: Okay, so um, this is from The Sun, a uh, quality publication. <laughs> is...
1: Another quality rag, yes.
2: <laughs> yeah. uh, top shock. shock this is why we should always book your baby an airline seat when you're flying so um, it goes on to say holding your infant on your lap may save you money but is it safe well probably not but uh, one of the rare advantages of traveling with a tot under two is that you don't have to book an airline seat Um, tantrums and constant whinging might be on the cards before your holiday gets underway but at least you're saving money so um, but now there's bad news for these budget-conscious parents a new study has revealed uh, shockingly, that travelling with an infant on your lap is dangerous. And uh, research by a US hospital has found that under twos falling off laps was the second most common onboard injury for kids under 18. Okay. Um, so it goes continues. Uh, the Children's Hospital in Cleveland teamed up with Travel Safety People MedAir to study in-flight accidents on 80 major airlines over the last five years and um, It looks like 35% involved children under two. Um, Then uh, it goes on to say, burns from hot drinks were the most common cause of injuries for the tots, followed by, as previously said, falling off the laps of parents. And the study concluded, if you can afford it, you should purchase infants a seat rather than have have them travel as a lap infant. Mm -hmm. Um, So, uh, yeah, Yeah, it's uh, pretty obvious. But, you know, I can imagine, I mean, if you've got a... You know, if you've got a child under two, I mean, the temptation not to buy a a ticket that could be four or five hundred pounds would be, uh, you know, very strong. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I I was was just thinking momentarily then when it would back to your other story about the kind of, you know, the first class family rooms. I don't know if the airlines are kind of missing a trick here with. With design, I mean, mm. I'm sure mm. with a bit of thought, they could perhaps make some special areas on the plane, especially for young young tots and the parents, so they, they could maybe utilise the same kind of co- uh, cabin space, but to accommodate yeah. you know two parents and a, an infant together in a kind of safer way. I mean, just just an idea, but uh, yeah,
0: I'd, yeah. I'd- I did look I had done a bit of research about the store and I looked online and there's not that there's I think there's either two or three airlines in the world who actually do supply and you can ask them for a child seat that will fit mm. into a special fit you know with the right. uh, with the seat that you can you know buy mm. for the child um but that's it I think there's either, I think there's two or three airlines in the world that do that do that um, mm. All the other airlines around the world ask you to hold the uh, infant on your lap right. and then they have a, s- a secondary belt that goes around your belt that goes around the child. But okay. um, they have done studies on this and it is a pretty naff way, to put it bluntly, of how to have your child mm. on your lap in the event of a crash because the child does, and the, s- the story that I read, uh, the research that they done in the uh, in the States, said that uh, the child does, does become technically
1: an airbag for you, yeah. right. oh, goody. Yeah. <laughs> which is not not good mm. at all. I just noticed from that story, by the way, that there's also a new Air New Zealand safety video just been released as well. Oh, right. Mm. Mm. Yes, it's a surfing one, I noticed, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, look on YouTube for that one at some point, yes, Guys indeed. and there Girls. Yeah. You can see yeah. it there, look, there you go. But, uh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Oh, awesome. So uh, look that up for it if you want to have a look, as I say, they're quite famous for their uh, um,
0: yeah, I'm surprised you know, I'm you know,
1: surprised airlines don't have Isofix mounts
0: on their seats because uh, all cars in the US, I take it the cars in the U.S. probably have them as well. Isofix mounts, where you can—they have special purpose pa- uh, purpose built mounts on car seats that you can mm-hmm. put car oh right uh, yes. baby yeah. seats onto. They're called Isofix. Right. Okay. Um, oh, it's, no, it's, I didn't uh, know that. Yeah, yeah, I'm surprised airlines don't kind well, of do something are. like that mm-hmm. on a few seats anyway. Yes. So, next story on the Cairo7.com uh, news site. I'm guessing this is a uh, station from the U.S. And uh, the uh, this is a kind of a nice story. This is a, this is a happy, uh, happy, feel-good story. And the a story goes, stranger intervenes after distraught man can't afford his child's $749 airline ticket. Oh, wow. So, a woman's uh, random act... Of kindness caught on camera in this touching heart, his touching hearts around the world. Uh, While checking in for a flight this week, an airline agent told a man that his daughter could not fly without a ticket. The man uh, was under the impression that his daughter could ride for free since his daughter turned two. ...after he brought his ticket. Instead, he needed to buy a last-minute ticket, which would cost $749, according to the airline's agent. Uh, the woman uh, needs to be commended... ...or one of the uh, tweets that was sent to uh, to the airline was... One of the, ...the woman needs to be commended. The gentleman was checking in for his flight... And uh, she says that this guy should be commended uh, for, the woman should be commended for what she's done. The witnesses said that the man was distraught and uh, he told the agent that he couldn't afford the extra ticket, uh, then stepped aside to make a phone call. The woman overheard the exchange and approached the man, speaking to him for a few minutes. The woman then stepped up to the ticket counter and offered to pay for the child's ticket. The witness said the man hugged the woman and asked how he could repay her, but the woman repeatedly said, don't worry about it. According to Facebook commenter Jenica Kettle, who claims to know the woman, uh, she says this is not the first time the woman has has, uh, engaged in a random act of kindness. I'll tell you what, it's nice to see that that things like this aren't, you know... uh, Mm. um, Uh, Yeah, they they still happen. They still Um. happen uh and uh how nice how honestly how nice for that to uh to happen mm, here.
1: absolutely yeah no it is good it is good well as you say there's hope yet isn't there you like to sort of think that there are there are still some amazing people left in the world anyway on to the, the next story, story. yeah this, oh, is, this on- is that lovely website you love this one oh, what stuff.co.in stuff, stuff. <laughs> Yes. So, ladies Stuff. and gentlemen, we're going to take a little wander down into the world of stuff.co.nz, <laughs> and it is <laughs> it is the airline's new yacht-inspired bar. Emirates A380 jetliners get saloon-style upgrade. Very exciting. Uh, flying bars that cater to premium passengers on the world's biggest fleet of A380 jetliners are set for a saloon-style upgrade as Gulf carrier Emirates seeks to lure affluent travelers and slowing revenue growth. Out will go the semicircular benches on which passengers have perched since Emirates introduced the onboard lounges almost a decade ago to be replaced by altogether new more comfortable setup featuring a table for four located either side of the counter and below the super jumbos windows. Uh, in addition to the eight seats the new watering holes will have room for 18 standing guests so that drinkers can still Pop up uh, to the horseshoe shaped bar if they prefer. Uh, flying bars that cater to premium passengers on the world's biggest fleet of A380 Super Jumbos were set for said saloon-style upgrade. Uh, and almost in anticipation of finding it harder to drag themselves away, the areas will be- get soundproofed curtains to separate them from adjoining first and business Cabins, But uh, that is a very, very nice picture. I'm just going to pop that up while I uh, carry on reading the story. Emirates, the world's biggest long haul airline, has taken inspiration from private yacht cabins in revamping its lounges. President Tim Clark said, adding that the design will make the areas more intimate and conducive for passengers to socialise. One table has double berths facing each other while the other table features L-shaped seating around a smaller cocktail table which people uh, having their own seatbelt, uh, sorry, with each person having their own seatbelt so that they'll still be able to remain in the bar even when the plane encounters turbulence. Well, that's a good idea. A champagne colour scheme and ambient lighting will also be used to give the, give it an area, look and feel, according to Dubai-based Emirates, which is enhancing its cabins after forecasting a year of flat growth as the oil price slump continues to crimp the middle, the, the sorry to crimp travel to mid-east states. Well, that's very exciting. Looking very nice there. It has to be. Said. I know. Yeah, I know those.
0: Absolutely. It's another one of these. Uh, the sort of the the long haul airlines that's uh, kind of making On the, the experience list. for yeah. people who can afford the, the uh, premium yeah, uh, thing. Absolutely. To make it but it does. If you look and look at the pictures at uh, online oh. of this, this it does look like one of those luxury yacht interiors yeah. with a, a kind of you know couch mm. and. Uh, bar area, it does look awesome there, Matt. Yeah, if
1: you Google Flying Bars Emirates Upgrade, you'll find the story (laughs) on stuff.co.nz. All all that bar is missing, you know, Matt, is a few hand pumps. You can't have real ale. (laughs) I don't know where to begin to tell you what's wrong with that. There there is no way that you can have real ale unless it's in Uh, bottles and then it's not right. Uh. (laughs) If only,
0: honestly, can you imagine a traditional English pub on an airline? That would be, or perhaps that's what BA should do.
1: Yeah, it'd be full of it'll be full of rubbish karaoke bars, terrible singing, and and <laughs> like people throwing up and peeing everywhere.
0: <laughs> I I do think, I, honestly, if BA would bring in you know a traditional English bar on their on their A three eighties, I mean, it would be phenomenal.
1: A traditional English no. No, I no. I bought a rustic floor <laughs> with a bit of sawdust and some oh,
0: straw, God. and uh, oh, and you've somewhere, got somewhere
1: to tie up the horse. And no,
0: know? no, you've got to have obviously you've got to have the beer mats on the ceiling inside the you know the old beer mats stuck on the ceiling of the pub. I and, do worry um,
1: about you, Carlos and, and, and the, <laughs> Adrian. What, what, what goes on in that head of yours is frankly alarming.
2: <laughs> what, what do you what
0: are you what do your you thought any thoughts on this? I, I, uh, I, this I'm, I'm of thinking
2: of... this. This kind of fits in with the early story. I mean, you know, what better sort of, sit down on a plane, nice romantic meal, a um, couple of bottles of wine, and then straight to the straight to the double bed. It sounds, sounds perfect. <laughs> sounds good to meet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm sure, um, I'm sure, Mrs. Carlos is uh, is uh, g- going to get you on the internet later. It has and, uh, been noted so bu- actually. I think in the get chat this all room. Up. <laughs> yeah.
0: I think that someone oh, Liz, I, Liz saw Gemma, and I didn't even see Gemma. Yes. Tony yeah. S saw Gemma yeah, as well. Yeah, I didn't absolutely. even see yeah, Gemma. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, yeah no she the, did she, uh, was oh, she here yeah. I don't no know. I
1: waved at her oh yeah. <laughs> did she she photobombed <laughs> yes yes, yes she's, she's like that you know anyway on to the next story I think this is
2: with you Adrian okay uh, I forgot the right one okay so it looks like from com. yeah that's it okay airlines are dealing with unruly passengers by training flight attendants in martial arts or oh so, awesome no, <laughs> okay so uh, the story goes here's another reason travellers need to keep their cool on a flight low-cost carrier Pobeda Airlines a unit of Russia's Aeroflot says it will teach its employees judo and sambo. Uh, Sambo appears to be a Russian martial art. Um, Anyway, after a passenger at Moscow's Vunukovo airport started violently swinging at a Pobeda employee after he missed his flight. Uh, The airline's chief executive Andrei Kalmykov told Russian newspaper Vedomovsky. Uh, that the airline had been considering hiring private security guards but it would increase the cost of a ticket so um, then it goes on to say passenger violence against airline employees is a major worry for airlines around the world and the IATA the International Air Transport Association says that 1,194 Of the 11,000 reported incidents of unruly passengers in 2015, unfortunately involved physical aggression against a crew or fellow travelers. Kabida is not the first airline to offer training to fight off attackers who can range from a drunk passenger to a hijacker, really. Um, Hong Kong Airlines has taught its flight attendants Kung Fu, and it goes on to say that. The U.S. Transportation Security Administration, a uh, famous TSA, offers a free self-defense course for U.S. flight attendants taught by federal air marshals. It has trained 11,000 flight attendants since it was launched in 2004, and flight attendants have to master aggressive techniques that can diffuse the situation in the cabin quickly. The instructor in a TSA training video notes, you don't want to get into a long drawn out fight. Fight. Okay. Yeah, I, I guess you don't want to get into a <laughs> no, no Not really. You're going to lose. I think. No, that's that's probably good advice from this TSA uh, <laughs> yeah, training yeah. instructor. So, yeah, I guess it's a sign of the times, really. And mm. uh, I mean, uh, I mean, you guys, you know, you 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 report enough stories uh, with a lot yeah. of low cost airlines with. Uh, you know, drunken behavior and maybe it's the next thing for our uk based flight attendants I, I, as well.
1: Th- I, I think yeah. you, I fear you may be right to be fair with you um Adrian I think it's just one of those things isn't it I mean but the more, more we're forever reason as you said we're forever reading out stories where there's been you know an altercation uh, mid flight and yeah. I, I do think it's a very sensible idea yeah. to equip the the air crew I with... would not want to mess with a Russian flight attendant well no trained <laughs> in trained, trained martial yeah, arts. absolutely absolutely no know. way I don't care if they're trained either or yeah, it's not happening. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, definitely. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd steer clear. Yes, good idea. Mm. <laughs> so <laughs> the
0: next story uh, is uh, on the oh, this is another new one, Matt. Mm. The Arabian Aerospace arrow. Okay, were we'll we scrabbling around for
1: stories? By no, not this really. Year. This
0: week was actually quite an easy week okay. actually for news stories. Um, yeah. So the Arabian Aerospace website. This one and the uh, the headline. Is IATA release safety performance data of commercial airline industry? Oh, hello, wife. Hi. <laughs> the International Air Transport Association IATA released data for the 2016 safety performance of the commercial airline industry. Uh, the all-accident rate, measured in accidents per one million flights, was 1.61, an improvement from the 1.79 in 2015. The 2016 major jet accident rate, measured in hull losses per one million flights, was oh hello Poppy, was 0.39, which was the equivalent of one major accident for every 2.56 million flights. Uh, this was not as good as the rate of 0.32 achieved in 2015 and was also above the five year rate uh, 2011 to 2015 of 0.36. There were 10 fatal accidents with 268 fatalities. This compares with an average of 13.4 fatal accidents and 371 fatalities per year in the previous five year period 2011 to 2015. Uh, the 2016 hull uh, jet hull loss rate for IATA members airlines was 0.35 uh, which uh, is one accident for every 2.86 million flights. Uh, while this was outperformed the global hull loss rate it was a step back from the 0.22 accidents per million flights achieved by IATA members in 2015. Last year some 3.5 billion travellers flew safely on 40.4 million flights. Uh, The number of total accidents, fatal accidents and fatalities all declined versus the five-year average, showing that aviation continues to become safer. We did take a step back on some key parameters uh, from the exceptional performance of 2015. However, flying is still the safest form of long-distance travel, and safety remains the top priority of all involved in aviation. The goal is for every flight to depart and arrive without incident, and every accident redoubles our efforts to achieve that," says Alexandra DeJunac, IATA's Director General and CEO. The world turboprop hull loss rate improved to 1.15 hull losses per million flights in 2016, compared with 1.18 in 2015, and the five-year rate (2011 till 2015) of 2.84. All regions except the CIS saw their turboprop safety performance improve in 2016 when compared to the respective five-year rates. In 2016, the accident rate for IOSA members was nearly twice as good for non-IOSA airlines, 1.25 versus 2.36, and it was more than three times better over the previous five years. IOSA has created a standard that is comparable on a world basis, enabling maximizing joint use of audit reports. All IATA members are required to maintain their IOSA regulation or registration and there are currently four hundred and thirteen airlines on the registry of which one hundred and forty four are non-IATA members. This is an additional testament to ISA and a role in twenty seventeen. IOSA will be strengthened and transformed into a digital program. So basically, air travel is incredibly safe. Right. I mean to have a, uh, a figure, you know, um, um, in the in the million, you know, uh, yeah. one major accident for every two point five six million flights. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, that is. I mean, you couldn't, <laughs> you know, road travel. You no, do, you, no, they, the the, the figures no, no. would be totally, no. you know, different. They're, they'd to be that.
1: hideous, frankly. <laughs> and I'm
0: pretty sure, Adrian, you prefer a fly than to drive.
2: Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. There's no question. I mean, the most dangerous part of any any flight is driving to the airport. There's no question about it. So, uh, mm. yeah, but uh, that doesn't uh, mean a lot to uh, you know for people who are scared of flying, like uh, like Matt and to Hello. some extent, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and my wife as well a little bit. To be fair, but oh. uh, yeah, she's another one. But uh, no, no. I mean, yeah, three point. 8 billion travellers last year flew safely. I mean, that's just incredible. They are incredible I, 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 sh- teams.
1: I should just say, interrupting our, our aviation related chat, what Carlos, that? I didn't realise you'd done it to me again. There's rugby on the telly, and we're here doing this. <laughs> What's rugby? What do you mean what's rugby? Oh, honestly, you're useless. Well, uh, oh, sport. Yeah, sport. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I've I, I just been sent a picture by Jonathan. Actually, he's, he's got he's got a headache because he's got us in one ear and he's got the rugby on the other, and so oh. he's he's nicked his daughter's teddy. Look, I'm going to pop this pic- picture okay. up. I hope he doesn't mind. Uh, he's nicked his daughter's teddy, so he's got uh, quite rightly he's got us on the big TV, <laughs> uh, and then and then next to oh, it he's I got uh, it. he's awesome. got um, the the rugby propped on, up that, by is daughter's that what I look teddy. Like? Which, uh, that Funny. is what you look like, yeah, okay. absolutely. Anyway, yes, sorry, yeah. So apologies to those who are listening to the audio-only version of that. That made no sense, but anyway. So anyway, so the, that's the, story, the story is then that it's safer oh, to, right, safe yeah, it to fly yeah. than to drive. Yeah, okay, we yes. Well, uh, 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 that's a bit of a non-story. I thought that was a, a, a given anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So the next story is for you, Matt, and this
0: is a really. This is another one of these really nice stories because mm. it's, uh, it's it's about an airline that we talked about, I think it was live the last week or the week before, that was dropping the uh, Hello Kitty
1: um, logos oh yes, yes, yes! But yes. they've yep. they've got uh, they've got a nice logo on here. Cool. Like they this. have indeed. Yes, the whole thing looks it looks pretty lovely. So this is on the USA Today website. Is yes, that the one I'm looking for? Yes. yes. So and this is uh, the headline is airline will paint Airbus A380 like a giant sea turtle, mm. which is uh, very like sort of the, the Hello Kitty. Uh, sort of thing. So Japanese carrier Al Nippon Airways or ANA uh, will give its first its first Airbus A380 a giant sea turtle paint job. ANA placed an order for three A380s in 2016 saying it planned to deploy them on international routes. ANA's first A380 uh, flight is expected to come in uh, the spring of 2019 when the carrier will launch the aircraft on its route between Tokyo and Honolulu. ANA's flying Honu uh, livery uh, uh, comes after nearly 2,200 people submitted entries in a paint the air in the paint the plane contest. The airline opened to select uh, a unique look for the first A380, the world's largest passenger jet. Um, where are we? ANA says that an in house selection committee chose the design submitted by Chihiro Masuka of Tok- Tokyo, uh, who proposed a concept titled Sea Turtle Family. The Hawaiian green sea turtle, according to ANA, is a symbol of good luck and prosperity in Hawaii, and the carrier adds, Honu is the Hawaiian word. For the green sea turtle, hence the flying honu, uh, name for it, for the special paint scheme. For submitting the winning design, Masuka uh, wins a pair of round-trip business-class tickets that he that can that he can use for ANA's Tokyo to Honolulu service. Very nice. Yeah,
0: you pop the pictures up on the screen there, Matt, while we just uh, have a look at the story here. So yeah, on the A380. That I mean, that is. That must have took a while to paint this aircraft because it does look really, really well done, I have to say. And I wonder whether they're going to actually uh, paint some of their other aircraft in a, in a similar kind of livery at all. But uh, Matt, amazing. Matt, Matt just popped up the video there. For those of you who are in the YouTube chat room, you can see uh, the uh, video of the 380 with the turtle Painted it on there. Looks it looks amazing. It does look amazing yeah. though. Really does. This airline does take a heck of a lot of time of to make their aircraft yeah, look good. Absolutely.
1: I mean, yeah, I, I sp- at least at this time, of course, because they have kept the, the company's logo on the tail fin, because uh, that was the only trouble with the Hello Kitty thing. You were never 100% sure who the, <laughs> who the airline <laughs> yes, actually yeah. was. I don't know if that's actually real or well. I think that may just be a, a knock-up. A slightly computer-generated yeah. one. Yeah, yeah that's CGI is, version. It's still good.
2: It's is, still it, it's, really good. It's
0: lovely, isn't it? Yes. But Love if you want to see that, I mean, if you go over... I mean, this, this one's on the USA com site. Yeah. Um, but if you take yourself, I'm pretty sure that if you Google... Um, ANA's uh, turtle paint yep. job on the 380 you'll be able to find some pictures of yep. this but it does look really really good and it does uh, yeah. looks, looks absolutely more airlines should follow suit I A&A think so there's A&A nothing and, and wrong with but a harmless fun that, is um, is stuff. Yep. do you like that one uh, Adrian
2: I think it looks really good actually and uh, especially on a 380 because uh, as we know the 380 isn't the nicest looking aeroplane ever built <laughs> oh, wow. this, this is definitely making it look really nice <laughs> oh Captain Nick calm down calm down Captain Nick no I mean I mean the 380 is an excellent uh, plane to be on, but uh, just looking at it from the outside, it's a bit. But no, this looks really good. It's a real, real good effort. And uh, yeah, looks you don't, good. You
0: don't fancy trying a kind of paint scheme like this on the 150, in Adrian? Well, you never, you never know. <laughs> next
2: year, yeah, I might have yeah. some inspiration here. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's... I noticed they they put it out to uh, you know to a poll to pick up the paint scheme. So uh, you know, which is always dangerous. You remember the Boat McBoatface? Uh, yeah. Oh last year. no! Yeah, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. so okay. I'm glad they did the um, <laughs> selection in-house. Shall we say from? Because uh, I can imagine what some of the uh, nominated paintings. Plain
1: Mc, but... Plainy McPlainface. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, indeed. <laughs> I, sh- oh, I should just yeah. uh, sorry to interrupt this uh, aviation-related podcast, but it's better not be More sports news mm. uh, from pilot Pip, actually. Hello from the Squash Club. Help, I'm losing 2-1. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Pip. Pip's evening of Squash is not going according to plan, it would seem. So, mm, never mind. Never mind. Uh, <laughs>
0: well, Adrian, the next story uh, is uh, is for you.
2: Hey, so, it's another one from the Telegraph, the paper Ooh. that bought, bought you the Boeing 380. <laughs> yes, I know, I know. It's just a <laughs> it? Oh, oh well, dear. Okay, so, uh, so this, uh, this story, is, uh, the headline is, Revealed the airline that charges most for in-flight food and drink. and uh, So the era of free food and drink on short-haul travel is well and truly over, with just eight of the 22 most popular airlines in Europe still serving passengers complimentary wow. snacks or beverages. Uh, what's more is that the cost of in-flight eating and drinking can be prohibitive and varies greatly from carrier to carrier. According to new research, some customers are paying nearly £10 for a gin and tonic. So then there yeah. goes on to be a, a quick list here of uh, the cost of dining. It's headed the cost of dining at 35,000 feet, and it's listed various... Uh, ver- let's just skim through here. And it looks like at the top or the bottom, however you want to look at it, the most expensive is Iceland Air with £14.45. That's or- for
0: a cost of a sandwich. Crisps, wine, and a, and a hot drink.
2: And a drink. Oh, and a wine.
0: And a wine. Okay. So, mm. uh, but the cheapest there, Euro Wings, eleven pounds eighty. Mhm. I mean, it depends how big the sandwich is, I suppose. And yeah, and, I, I guess. I'm yeah. guessing the wine's a small bottle of wine. Yeah, it's um, probably the sort of glass 60. size,
1: isn't it? Yeah.
0: Ryanair thirteen pounds sixty mm. uh, for that. EasyJet thirteen thirty. So they're both. Fairly similar to each other. But, yeah, the cheapest Eurowings. Jet 2 as well, £11.95, wow. which is, must be why we get so many stories about Jet uh, the drunkard people <laughs> yeah, on Jet yeah, 2. Absolutely,
1: yeah.
2: Because it's, uh, it's relatively cheap. I just noticed British Airways are in there at twelve fifty-five. pounds 55 Did I miss something? I mean, I know they were... Have they already gone for this charging for drinks then on... Um, on um, short, short flights, I'm uh, sure. Don't know. Have, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I, think I thought must it was have. something they were planning. I didn't realize they'd actually started it already. Nev, <laughs> Nev, yeah, <laughs> Nev. Chris, uh, never <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yes.
0: Monac yes. Monac uh, Airlines, thirteen pounds ten pence mm. uh, for that uh, on there. Uh, Flybe are on there. I mean, our local airline here uh, from uh, Norwich International Airport. Flybe, twelve pounds thirty for that. Um, yeah that's uh, certainly um, food for thought oh,
2: it's got a beer list as well down the bottom cost of a beer on a plane, and um, the cheapest is again eurowings with two fifty five and no surprise, Iceland air is five pound ten for a beer on a plane and I bet worth they're worth. not points
0: no <laughs> not no indeed start. No. <laughs> so, uh, uh, b a four quid with that one for a beer i mean it just it depends i suppose it depends on what beer these are, I think as mm. well yeah but uh there we go food There's uh, actually some uh, some other lists on there cheap uh, this is the yeah. results have actually come from cheapflights.co.uk is where mm. they've got these results from yeah. but um yeah the what the uh, you got the list there uh, Adrian the airlines still off- still offering free food and drink
2: yeah we've got them there so we got um uh, eight of them we got air france austrian alitalia bmi KLM, Lufthansa, TAP Portugal, and Swiss—they're still offering free food and drink on their uh, on their short-haul flights. And Andrew Shelton, the managing director of Cheap Flights, said passengers should consider bringing their own food. Uh, I'm not so sure about that because uh, uh, it's pretty much what they do in the U.S. on internal flights. And uh, having experienced it, it's, it's not always good when you're sitting next to somebody with uh, eating a family bucket of. KFC or whatever but uh, looks like it's, it's heading this way as well so there we go, that's what we got mm.
0: so there we go Sorry, we're just l- looking at various things here that are coming through to the studio yes, messages and so stuff. Far too
1: much data, I know. its way over here at the moment. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> I blame Micah. I know. Uh, <laughs> so the next story, uh, the next story is uh, actually a story that was sent in to us by uh, Owen. Oh, right? Yes, he's, yeah. he has had a busy uh, day. <laughs> Owen sent this one in. Uh, Say, so actually, meant, uh, sent this through as a message to me mm. this afternoon. Good on you, Owen. Well done. Yes, yes. And uh, all all uh,
1: listeners, please feel free to assist us with finding useful yeah, stories. Yeah, yeah. If you, f- yes. if you find a find yeah. interesting
0: story, send, uh, send it through the usual yep. channels. Uh, the uh, the uh, website it's on is on airlive.net, and the headline, uh, I can't believe this, uh, British Airways, Nev, come on, is uh, investigating <laughs> reports that a pilot took part in a pre-flight safety demonstration. <gasps> So, what? British Airways is investigating reports that a pilot took part in a pre flight safety demonstration due to a shortage of crew. Passengers on board the 747 flight from Houston to Heathrow watched in horror as the pilot stood in the aisle as the passenger jet taxied for takeoff. The incident happened as cabin crew continued a seven day strike over pay. <laughs> British Airways told The Sun it was investigating, but the flight had a sufficient number. It says sufficient in quotations. Number of pilots and crew. Replying to uh, Joe on Twitter, BA said that we normally have two pilots on each flight. Uh, Joe, I hope this clarifies matters. Uh, It says it shows shows the tweet that was sent here by uh, uh, Joe Osborne here. And it says, the tweet says, we're short of crew today, so the pilot is helping with the safety demo. Want me to do it so he can fly the plane? Uh, Quite an interesting try. I'd, I'd Quite happily do the safety demonstration if right. someone asks. Okay, uh, but uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't think things are that bad. ba uh, that they have to have the pilots do the safety demonstration. I mean, yeah, well, that's uh, certainly a first. Yeah.
1: <coughs> <laughs> I don't really know what to say to that. Um,
0: it's but I, I, it, it, I have, a, I've had the captain of a of a aircraft do the the uh, safety demonstration for me. Have you? Yeah. It was on a De Havilland Twin Otter float plane in the Maldives. That does not count. Where there were no crew, And <laughs> that there was does just a, uh, a captain and first officer, <sighs> and uh, they they put the, they'd done the demonstration for us before we took off. I'm going to ignore you. Now. So they were, were
1: just t- making stuff up as you go along. It's just.
0: <laughs> I'm guessing, Adrian, this is something you've never seen before: the uh, captain no, or F.O. No. doing uh, safety demonstrations mm. in the uh, in the mm. cabin. No,
2: no, i
1: I'm sure Nev's got something to say
2: The plane was actually taxiing as well (laughs) This, This can't be right It must have been a third pilot surely Yeah yeah, it might have been I mean,
1: somebody deadheading. Perhaps, perhaps that's what it was. Yeah, it was somebody that's, that's deadheading back to, Yeah, I mean, if,
2: yeah. I mean, I'm guessing if that plane was moving, there was there was two pilots well, up there the, the door. The door locked, would have been locked, locked wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is this is the thing because yeah. It, it, yeah. Well, I,
1: I don't know. There's, yeah, I think I think yeah. uh, the, I think I fear, and I know it wasn't the sun that we were reading it from, but it did mention the sun as its source. I fear yeah. that perhaps some very valuable <laughs> and relevant information <laughs> might have possibly been missing, omitted, f- omitted to. <laughs> (laughs) Make the story more sensational.
2: I make you right. Yes. (laughs) Hmm.
1: Yes. Anyway. Yes. Hmm. Uh, On to the next story.
0: (laughs) The same. Actually, in the chat room, Liz Piper's, but she loves the watched in horror part of oh, that I story know, i know, I uh, know. it is
1: as i say i mean uh, for those of you I, d- I don't know i don't know what the equivalent is in the states is it the for, for the sun newspaper it's um, actually dr steph says was it a deadheading pilot and hello
0: dr steph welcome into the chat room the i said
1: today. that yeah. I, I, d- I did that, that all on my own as well <laughs> i ain't got the chat room in front of me or oh,
0: i am very norfolk and i sound like you i know
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right, my boy <laughs> Yeah, uh, so Dave
0: Abbey's... Uh, oh they're actually saying about the the, uh, the door that should have been secured.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, as I say, so I think I think Dr. Steph is right. I, I, as I say, and we, we were yeah. saying, I, th- I think he must have been deadheading and just sort of volunteered to help yeah. out with the safety yeah. demonstration for numbers. But I'd I volunteer. Mean, the numbers can't have been that low, surely, otherwise they no. wouldn't have been able to fly, you know, mm. from a crew yeah, point of view. Because yeah, yeah. there must be a, a, a minimum a required amount mm-hmm. of, um, you know, cabin crew for a certain mm. amount of you know, per per head of passengers. So, mm. yeah, I, I think when we don't have all the information there, I think. <laughs> <laughs> no.
0: So moving on to the next story. Matt, yes. is,
1: uh, this one's for yep. you. It's good news as well for uh,
0: Captain Nick, this one.
1: Is it? Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Why don't I believe you? Uh, Thebizjournals.com. Uh, I am not responsible for whatever rubbish this is. Carlos has just put in front of me before you start at me. Captain Nick. So the headline on com website is uh, I'll put my camera on, shall I? Uh, Boeing's new 737 MAX 8 jet earns FAA certification. Yay. So Boeing says that the US Federal Aviation Administration, the FAA, has certified its new 737 MAX 8 airplane. Brace yourself, chat room. We're about to get some abuse, no doubt, uh, <laughs> for passenger airline service after more than a year of intensive tests. Chicago-based Boeing uh, said that it's now in the final stages of preparing the first 737 MAX 8 for delivery to customers in the coming months. The FAA certification for the 737 MAX 8 follows a comprehensive test program that began more than one year ago with four airplanes plus ground and laboratory testing, the company said. The FAA granted Boeing what is known as an amended type certificate for the 737 MAX 8, verifying the design complies with required US aviation regulations and is safe and reliable. Kevin Leverkin who is the vice president and general manager of Boeing Commercial Airplanes 737 MAX program, praised the dedication and commitment of the entire MAX team for its hard work throughout the process from airplane design to the flight testing. The Renton team looks forward to delivering superior efficiency, reliability and design to our customers as they start to receive their aircraft in the next few months." Uh, The 737 MAX 8 is the first in a new family of the 737 Boeing's workhorse single-aisle jets. Though Boeing says it's the fastest-selling plane in Boeing history, accumulating more than 3,600 orders from 83 customers worldwide, analysts say it's losing more sales battles to rival Airbus and is increasingly popular A321neo. Boeing says that the MAX 8 reduces fuel consumption and CO2 emissions by an additional 14% over today's most fuel-efficient single-aisle aeroplanes. Uh, on, con- on a conference call with aerospace journalists this week, uh, Leverkin said that Boeing has already made 13 737 MAX 8 aircraft in Renton. Southwest is the official launch customer for the 737 MAX after placing the first firm order for the new jet back in 2011. However, Norwegian Air Shuttle will take delivery of the first 737 seven max in may and we'll put the plane into service not long afterwards.
0: Well, that's good news for Boeing anyway this uh, this is one of the, the aircraft that uh, obviously Ryanair are buying lots of new ones they've got loads of new ones these on order. So at least it's all systems go now with Boeing they can uh, get these Shipped out now to all the various. Areas well, I'm amazed. Sort of I expected
1: some kind of abuse in the chat room. I'm a little disappointed. I won't no, lie. I think I think Nick's disappeared. He's gone ah, to watch um, some rugby
0: thugby yeah. or something. No, like no, I don't no. Know. it's not Thugby. Oh, no, no, no.
1: no. Now this is where you're wrong, Carlos. You see, football <laughs> is a sport. <laughs> p- is a gentleman's game what? played by foot thugs, what? as where rugby is a thug ga- thug's game played by gentlemen. Foot yeah, I'll have foot you know what you're, you're talking about these weird. Oh, shut things. Up, I don't honestly. know what they are. Oh dear. Some people have to have other interests outside of aeroplanes. <laughs> oh, <no.
0: laughs> perhaps this is one of those aircraft that you might get a chance to fly on Adrian because I know you obviously do a lot of uh, flying around mm. with the world as such so perhaps this uh this will be one of those aircraft you get a chance to
2: fly on mm. yeah I mean I think I mean this is pretty much going to be on the reasonably short haul isn't it I think up to probably four how, four hours or something so mm. I think uh, obviously yeah. as you already said uh, Ryanair are going to be a, a massive purchase of these and uh I guess some of the guys similar to those will be, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it looks good. I mean, I was kind of surprised uh, that the first order was placed back in 2011, and, Mm. uh, well, because, I mean, I know it's a new plane, but it's a variation of, obviously, You know, it's 30, not a massive old plane, yeah. so but uh, yeah, that, that surprised me. Six years—that's uh, that's that's a long time to wait. But uh, mm. whether they've had some problems that we—I know they've had a few problems, but uh, I bet one yeah, of them is battery related. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sure. Yeah, that always seems uh, to be the way. Yeah, but it, it does look—it does look kind of. Um, very very similar to the the 321 Neo, so you can see why well, they're battling this out together in in the sales at the moment mm. because uh, it seems like they they're very very similar. Um uh, figures for consum- uh, fuel consumption, etc., etc., similar number of passengers. So, uh, yeah, I guess it's uh, probably pretty close. So, mm. I guess it depends if you're a, an Airbus person or a Boeing person. Oh, no, 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 no. Why oh, would you say that out loud? Oh, no. no. <laughs> I'm definitely neutral on that point. Though, so oh, I'll, I'll, I'm glad like, somebody uh, is. I like <laughs> some, of, some of both. Um, of manufacturing.
0: Agents probably tried them all you see so you know, he knows right. he did both the <laughs> Boeing and, uh, and and Airbus products. Oh, like dear. the back of his hand.
1: Okay, yes, moving on to the final story was- then, please. <laughs>
2: Okay. uh, Oh, right. It's back with me. Right, yeah. uh, Oh, I'm the Telegraph again. Yeah, yeah. Sponsored um, by the Telegraph, it seems, this week. Sponsored by the Telegraph. And the headline is, which airlines offer the most legroom? So, very similar to the earlier story regarding British Airways. Mm. So, the story goes, the uh, passenger legroom in economy class has been shrinking in recent years, as airlines come up with new ways of squeezing extra seats onto planes. And... British Airways is adding extra seats to the Airbus aircraft it uses on its short-haul flights, reducing the legroom available to 29 inches, the same amount offered by EasyJet. Um, Other types of plane in BA's fleet afford economy passengers more room. Ryanair, meanwhile, uses 737 planes that still offer a minimum of 30 inches of legroom. And many airlines flying long haul on Boeing 777s have recently introduced an extra seat to each row, meaning that 10 passengers fly side by side, as opposed to the usual nine. So I guess that's changed to the 333 three, three, to 343, three, if mm. I'm right. So yeah. we now have a. So I'll carry on. Those sitting in the new 10 seat configuration, soon to be uh, flying with BA, Emirates, Etihad, and Air France, will enjoy nearly an inch less side width. Uh, American Airlines has been using the 10 seat configuration since 2014 and uh, you can mention you can compare the legroom available on popular airlines for both short and long haul flights in the tables above and below with data collected from the previously mentioned seatguru.com
1: so uh, we won't um, ma- we won't mention the entire list there but the, the, no. further uh, down in, in in the story it does actually mention there's a little mini top 5 in this case of the best value legroom Per centimeter. So, uh, if really? you're ready, then gents, here we go. Oh, it's a top five. So, the best value
0: legroom per centimeter in at mm-hmm. number five. At number five, it's Etihad Airways at seven pounds and twenty
1: six pence. At number four, please, Adrian.
2: It's Delta Airlines at. £7 and £6. Excellent. at
1: number three, and
0: at number three it's Qatar 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 Q A T A R Airways at six pounds and ninety four pence.
2: And at number two, runner uh, runner up is Air India at five pounds seventy three per
1: centimeter. And finally, at
0: number one, number one it's Turkish Airlines at four pounds and ninety seven pence per. Centimetre. Oh, very
1: That's good. That's best value legroom, then. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I've, I really have got to get out more of an I am so sorry. Actually, I'm kind
0: of, <laughs> you know, the, the, the thing I worry about now is that looking mm. at the list here in front of me now, it says, say, which airlines offer the most legroom in long-haul economy. Yes. And Air Canada is not... The most generous, and I've, no. just, I've just booked my flights to Pitts with <laughs> Good, right? I'm so pleased. Uh, <laughs> what a result! Uh, but yeah. I will. Uh, but they are. Um, they're not the worst. No. Okay. Uh, yeah, China Southern's probably mm. the Thomas. Actually, Thomas Cook is one of the, the one of the the um, oh. tighter ones in okay. there. Okay. Well, hopefully, fingers crossed, I'll get an
1: upgrade. Right, Okay. If you're listening, Air Canada, I love you. I love you all. Yeah, all right, Okay. (laughs) Okay. then, so coming up in just a moment, we have uh, the legend that is Pilot Pip. Uh, We have a little segment from him, and that's uh, to do with um, diversions, I think, isn't it, Uh, in light of uh, recent problems that they've been having uh, with uh, certain air traffic controllers. But we will gloss over that and move on. But before we do that, I just want to read you, if I may, a lovely email that we received um, um, uh, sort of, Earlier on in yeah, the month. Yeah, uh, lovely email this absolutely. week. Absolutely. It was really lovely. So I'll just read it to you. Um, now, it's, uh, regular listeners will know that uh, as I read this, that this is slightly uh, familiar. So, hi, Carlson, Matt. First of all, congratulations on the 150th episode. Already looking forward to the 200th. As promised, I thought I'd send a little feedback of our family trip to Disneyland Paris. We flew with Air France on an Airbus A318 uh, out to Paris, Charles de Gaulle, and an A320 on the return trip to Birmingham. Airport. Uh, I have to say that this was a second, uh, sorry, I have to say this was a second return trip we've had with Air France and they have been superb on all occasions and I am surprised I have never heard them in a top ten before. Fantastic service with a free pastry and coffee on the outbound and a sandwich and coffee on the return. Now we're talking. Uh, Disneyland was of course fantastic and it was worth the holiday to see the smiles on my two girls' faces every single day. We will definitely be returning over the next few years. However, Matt, you may not want to hear the following story. Brace yourselves, here we go. Now, as I'd imagine, most people would try to switch off from the outside world while on holiday. My family and I were just pure Disney for the four days we were away, not checking or keeping updated with any news back home in the UK. We were unaware of Storm Doris. The first we heard of it was when a plane was bumping through the clouds on approach to Birmingham Airport. As a keen flyer, even I felt sick as the pilot landed Safely before slamming the brakes on the tarmac. My four year old, it has to be said though, uh, it was brilliant and she seemed to think that it was a roller coaster back in Disneyland. The pilot and co pilot really did earn their applause at the end of the flight. I'm sure it was all in a day's work for them. To put it into some context, about an hour later we watched a Ryan airplane try to land twice, both times pulling up on approach. I believe it then got diverted to Bristol Airport. Thank you both again for an excellent show and giving me a chance to share my story story love the show steve and uh, uh lovely so steve so uh, thank you and it says jason in coventry on the bottom which i'm a bit confused about so i'm not sure whether that's from steve or jason in coventry but uh, whichever whoever it is uh, thank you very much a lovely email i'm so glad uh, to hear about uh, air france and uh, your time in Disneyland. So, please, if you would like to send any feedback into the show, uh, it is podcast at plaintalkinguk That is our email address: podcast at plaintalkinguk You can go to the website www and there is a contact us tab on our website, so you can fill in the form and send it to us. Or you can use all the usual Facebook and Twitter channels. It's at Facebook. Uh, sorry, it's at Plain Talking UK on. Um, Twitter and of course it's Plane Talking UK on Facebook. So if we're ready then ladies and gents uh, it's time to welcome our uh, in house he's toilet trained and everything it's time to <laughs> welcome our in house pilot friend it's time to settle down and listen to the legend that is Pilot Pip. Plane safety from the flight deck with Pilot Pip.
3: Hi everyone it's Pip here with another segment apologies for my absence from the last couple of episodes I've been particularly busy uh, lots of things going on not least of all turning 40 years old last week <sighs> getting old but uh, there we go happens to everyone it could be worse of course I could be as old as Captain Al whose birth date also was just a few days after mine so happy birthday to Captain Al who is exceedingly old but uh, Carlos has issued forth his instructions and has demanded a segment on in-flight diversions. So I thought okay I can talk a little about that Um, and I'm going to try and keep it uh, focused more on my end of of the aviation market as a a Bizjet pilot. Now you've all heard several times various people on other podcasts, Jeff and Captain Nick, talking about uh, some of the considerations of in-flight diversions, Um, but there's a specifically for, for my job there are a few other uh, things that are worth thinking about so I'll try and, I'll try and keep it focused on that but obviously uh, it doesn't matter what sort of aeroplane you're flying or what operation you're involved in uh, an in-flight diversion uh, requires a, a lot of the same decision-making skills and a, a lot of the same considerations to be borne in mind now first of all I want to touch on a point regarding alternate aerodromes alternate airports now as part of our pre-flight planning our dispatch department will or in conjunction with the pilots or perhaps the pilots themselves will nominate a alternate aerodrome so you have your destination aerodrome the place you're going to the place you want to take your passengers to and an alternate aerodrome somewhere that you can go to if for whatever reason you can't get to your destination now legally we don't always have to have an alternate aerodrome Um, if the weather at your destination is above a certain uh, minimum requirements and it has various other things including two separate runways, then in some circumstances you don't actually need to have an alternate aerodrome and you don't need to carry the fuel for that alternate aerodrome. However, we at SafeJets, we always, always, always have an alternate aerodrome as part of the pre-flight planning and we'll always carry the fuel for that. And I think that's generally a European thing. I know there are other places in the world, particularly in the States, where they frequently don't carry fuel for an alternate aerodrome or have a nominated alternate on their flight plan, and that's perfectly fine and, and legal, and it makes a lot of sense from a, a fuel conservation um, viewpoint. You know, keeping the keeping the fuel bills down. You don't want to carry extra fuel if you don't have to. But certainly for me at Safe Jets, we always have an alternate aerodrome for which we carry the fuel, and in fact, even more than that. On top of all the all the minimum fuel requirements, we, if possible, we always also carry an extra thirty minutes of fuel. That's, that's on top of the the final reserve fuel. We carry an additional thirty minutes of extra fuel, if performance allows that. So if our maximum landing weight, maximum takeoff weight, and all that kind of stuff allows, we'll carry that extra fuel, and that's a strategic decision taken by the company. Um, just to give us a little bit more operational flexibility, to have that little bit of extra flying time to allow us to cater for all sorts of uh, unforeseen events. Um, You know, in our our little end of the the market flying, the the individuals we do, they like to have uh, the capability to make last-minute decisions to change uh, destinations or be able to hold for weather that sort of thing. So something the company decided is a good idea and they're happy to to shoulder the cost of carrying the extra fuel, which, you know, over a year's worth of flights, I don't know how many tens of thousands of flights we do every year, but, you know, that's an appreciable sum of money. But it also obviously comes in very handy if we are having to suddenly divert from our destination. Now, why might we be diverting? Well, all kinds of things. Most obviously and probably more, most often it will be weather related events. Let's say the, the fog is a little thicker or a little uh, longer lasting than was was forecast and uh, we can't get in. The The fog is causing the visibility to be below our approach minima. Um, now having that extra 30 minutes of fuel, we've obviously got our, our final reserve fuel, we've maybe got some holding fuel. And we've also got that extra 30 minutes of fuel, which allows us to, to uh, you know hold if we need to, but at some point we're gonna have to make a decision to divert to another airfield. And that may be the alternate airport that we nominated during the pre-flight planning that legally required alternate aerodrome. But here's an interesting thing. Having nominated a particular airport as an alternate doesn't necessarily mean that we're gonna be guaranteed to get into that airport. Now, having an alternate, uh, there are certain minimum legal requirements for the selection of an alternate aerodrome, but that's just a pre-flight planning uh, requirement that you have an alternate aerodrome. There's nothing in that process of putting the flight plan together that means that you have to check to uh, make a guarantee that that airport will actually accept your flight if you do divert. So let me give you an example. Let's say we're flying into London. And the whole of London is covered in unforecast fog and our alternate aerodrome was East Midlands, which is a bit further north of London. Now, given that situation, we're not going to be the only flight diverting. There could be tens, dozens, hundreds of other flights diverting. And with a limited number of airports, you might find that, let's say, 30 or 40, even more, have all decided to go to East Midlands. Now, at some point, East Midlands is going to run out of capacity. They're not going to be able to physically get any more aircraft parked up on their stands. So they're well within their their rights to say, sorry, we can't accept any more flights. So even though we've nominated East Midlands as our alternate airport on our flight plan, that doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to get in there. Now, I suspect if it came down to it and you declared an emergency, then of course they will accept you and as crew, as pilots, we're under no obligation to go to that nominated alternate airport. As I say, that's the the alternate airport is just a a pre-flight planning requirement. Once we're in the air, we're at liberty to divert to any airport that we feel that we need to. And for a whole variety of reasons, it may not be the the flight planned alternate. In fact, the flight planned alternate may in fact be the last place we want to go to, especially when we're looking at the Bizjet world. Um, one of the first considerations when we're making an in-flight diversion, let's say it's for, for a non-emergency, it's for a weather, then we're actually going to go back and talk to our passengers and find out what suits them best. Now that's a very different process for someone like Captain Al who's flying 200 People in the back, all of whom have different requirements and would if you ask them, would have different wishes as to where they'd like to go. But for me, we're generally flying a group of passengers who are all together and all have the same need. So there's no reason why we can't go back and ask them what they would like to do. And that's not uncommon, particularly going somewhere like, um, let's say London, where there's a whole heap of airports. If we're going to, I don't know, let's say Gatwick, and for whatever reason Gatwick's closed or it's fogged out, there's been an incident, the runway's closed, then we need to go somewhere else. So we may well go back and say to the passengers, okay, look, we can't get into Gatwick, which is where you wanted to go what would be your preference? Where you know, where do you need to go to? Are you trying to get into central London? If so, then perhaps we could take you to London City. Are you uh, travelling somewhere else? Are you going north of London? Then perhaps we might take you to London Luton. So for us, uh, a passenger's uh, preference is certainly uh, up there in our, our list of considerations. Now, we obviously have to consider other things as well. Uh, we would need to talk to our company dispatch. We'll get on our sat phone, the satellite phone, and we check, in fact, that there are um, places for us at that particular airport. Let's say we were going to Gatwick, and now we had to go to Luton on the passenger's request. Well, first thing we've got to do is check that Luton, in fact, can accept us. So we we'd phone the uh, dispatch department. We could also ask air traffic control. They would pass on the message and come back to us. Um, but we we'll would probably go through through the office because they can make all the necessary arrangements. And then of course, once we have diverted, uh, we need to make sure our passengers are taken care of. Um, and that would be true for a regular airline as well. You would need to make sure there are certain facilities in place, ground staff to meet you, somewhere to put your passengers or uh, making arrangements for further onward travel. Uh, so, for instance, ideally for us, we would like to make sure that there's a um, a limousine, a car, um, in place to whisk our passengers away in comfort to get them to their final destination. We might also want to make sure the appropriate immigration authorities are uh, informed. Let's say we're travelling with a bunch of non-European passengers. Some, uh, I don't know, some American passengers would be fairly common, or some, uh, some a group of guys from the Middle East. Uh, we'll need to make sure that the appropriate customs, immigration people uh, are there to meet us. One of our prime considerations is providing the most efficient and smooth and quick service that we can. So what we would hate to have happen is to land somewhere at our diversion airports and be sat around for hours while paperwork's filled out and customs people are brought in and the passengers end up being delayed. It's um, you know, that's, They're paying an awful lot of money to fly with a company like SafeJets many many millions of pounds in a typical case so we don't want to inconvenience them if we can possibly avoid it so we would like to make sure that all that sort of stuff is in place as well before we before we uh, make a diversion now of course if we're having to make a diversion for some sort of emergency reason or medical emergency we've got a fire on board then you know goes without saying to hell with the passenger wishes we'll just go to the most appropriate airport that we feel um best suits our needs so generally speaking that's going to be the closest airport that we could possibly get to and then we'll worry about all the other stuff later on you know our passengers although paying a lot of money they're all sensible enough to know that uh, safety comes first in fact that's one of the prime reasons that they pay all that money to fly with us is because uh, they know that we genuinely put their safety first above their personal convenience safety is always number one um, what occasionally happens, you might be interested to know, is that we get diverted mid-flight on a passenger request. It doesn't happen very often. I could probably only think of one or two examples personally for me over the last 10 years where during the flight, the passenger has, has asked us or has had a change of mind and wants to change airport destination altogether. Um, so that's, you know, that's something a little unique to our side of the business. If uh, if Captain Al had a passenger on his uh, A320, ask him to uh, instead of going to Manchester, they'd like to go to Paris instead. Well, I'm sure Captain Al would politely decline. But for us, that's something we have to consider. Doesn't mean we necessarily have to accept their request, but if we can do it, then we certainly will. We'll make every effort to do so. So that happens occasionally. The other thing that happens, yeah, somewhat more regularly, is that the company will ask us mid-flight to divert um, now we do a lot of empty positioning flights with no passengers on board so it's relatively common you know maybe once or twice a year that we will be on a ferry flight an empty flight positioning somewhere and something somewhere would have happened an aircraft's broken down or who knows what and the sat phone will go and it will be the company on the phone the dispatch department saying okay we don't want you to go to Manchester anymore would like you to go to to Munich or Tangiers or who knows where. Um, Now obviously the dispatch department will know before they call us roughly what our fuel state is at that point so they're obviously not going to call us to ask us to go to Casablanca which is three hours away if they know we've only got one hour's worth of fuel. Um, But they will ask us and then we will as a crew will have a discussion, we'll look at our fuel, run through various decision-making processes, um, we'll get straight back to them and say, yes, that's something we can do. So you think about fuel, you think about your duty times, uh, a whole heap of other stuff, and then dispatch will then uh, send you all of the relevant data, the performance data, uh, the weather for that airport, the NOTAMs, uh, exactly as they would for any other flight. They can pass us all of that stuff. Um, either via the sat phone or if the aircraft is so equipped then via uh, an ACARS type system. So that happens, like I say, every so often, every so often that happens. And that kind of keeps us on our toes, makes life quite interesting. Uh, Again, that's another unique uh, point, a unique aspect of flying in that uh, part of the aviation world that I do. Anyway, uh, I've been rabbiting on for about 14 minutes already. I could probably speak for hours, really, on in-flight diversions. I'm sure there's a whole heap of stuff I've not touched on. But I think it's interesting enough, just uh, an insight into a a fairly unique part of the aviation world. Anyway, I'm going to leave it there then. So back to the guys in the studio. Um, Everyone else, I'll speak to you all again soon. Take care.
0: Find this and other great shows at the Aviation Media Network.
3: Thevoicesinyourhead.com.
2: Website:
1: www.planetalkinguk.com
3: or find us on facebook at facebook.com forward slash plane uk on twitter via at plane uk or get in touch via email on podcast at plane thanks, thanks for, for listening.
1: listening aviation media has long been the domain of the newspapers and
3: magazines
2: well not anymore I'm Steve Fisher. And I'm Grant McCarran, and we're bringing aviation right into your radio. Yes, we're making aviation cool and interesting for everyone. Hang on, aviation's always been cool. Check this out.
1: How cool is this? Crash, crash,
2: turn that down. <laughs> what is cricket anyhow <laughs> something we win a lot oh, there
1: oh. <laughs> Do you know, we haven't heard from them guys for ages oh, I,
0: know, I know I really come on Stephen Grant we need another podcast from you guys they,
1: they, I know there's lots of editing going on because they've got lots of footage from the Avalon yeah. um, show so they, oh, yeah they, they, haven't, they yeah be, yeah. Uh, yeah there should be an Avalon special coming out very soon
0: Grant so if you if you're listening send us an email. Back, he may
1: not mind. be live, but he usually. He, I yeah. have to confess, that he has. Uh, I think a, uh, th- from Captain Nick's uh, one of K- Captain Nick's outbursts. I, I think during last week's show, uh, I noticed he tweeted a correction. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, he's. So like thank that. you uh, very much
0: to uh, the uh, man that is Pilot the Pip for sending that. Yep, uh, very it on point. Yeah. It has to be said. I yeah. literally, honestly, <laughs> I literally text him that uh, mm. topic. Um, uh, just before I left to drive home from the supermarket today. As you do. As you do. And, First uh, world problems. I yeah. know, and yeah. he, he, li- he just you know, pulls it out of the bag like he that. Does. So well yeah, done, Pip. Thank cracking. you very much. Yeah, don't so don't forget, you, you can, uh, if you want to find uh, Pip, you can find uh, his podcast over at Plane Safety Podcast over on iTunes. Uh, there
1: we go, Matt's put up on the screen for those of yep. you in the YouTube chat room. Uh, you should already know, anyway. www.planesafetypodcast.com <laughs> is where you will find... Uh, safety from the flight deck. Yes. Um, so go and go and check out Pip. Actually, out I have doing. to say while, while we're there, while, while this was going on, uh, I noticed we've actually gained an additional listener. Really? Uh, yes, absolutely. You'll like this. Here we go. If you have a look at the screen, oh, Carlos, okay. there you are. <laughs> oh, oh! From of <laughs> the feline Mr Warner's variety. cat was obviously having a. Um, uh yeah watching the old show which is always yeah. nice yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Look, yeah okay. <laughs> Absolutely. beautiful beautiful yeah, indeed i thought you'd appreciate Fellow that feline lover. yes indeed. indeed so we're going to go on
0: with some military news we're going to get those quickly away now and, yep. uh, and then we're going to have a little chat with uh, Adrian we before yep. we finish up today so we are going to start some military news if you're ready matt yes i am yes and are you there still adrian sure yeah i'm ready let's I'm ready. go yep. I might need to adjust that. I know. It was a bit (laughs) late. So, the first military news story this week, and it's one that I saw. uh, I think, uh, I forget who it was now. Someone sent this to me through our Facebook page. I can't for the life of me remember. So, whoever it was, thank you very much. And uh, this uh, was on the ITV News website, Ooh. this one, ITV.com. And uh, the headline, RAF Chinook Airlift's Sea Harrier Jump Jet to New Home. I think this may have been Jonathan Warner, actually. If I, I can't remember. Uh, so the uh, story, a challenging and un- unusual task faced an engineering team at Aerospace Bristol. They had to move large objects uh, into the new museum site. One of the large objects to be moved was... Um, for the uh, well, it was a, a a Sea Harrier jump jet. Uh, the team called on the RAF uh, to ask if they could help move the Sea Harrier. So the RAF, the good old boys they are, they sent a Chinook helicopter, uh, which was drafted in as part of a training exercise, and airlifted the jump jet across Filton Airfield into the historic hangar. Mm-hmm. The jet is going to be part of the Aerospace Bristol exhibition and uh, the Sea Harrier needed to be transported across a railway line but there was no road bridge wide enough for it to cross so the RAF provided vital support uh, in the successful lift the Sea Harrier now uh, as uh, the Sea Harrier's new home is uh, a 100-year-old grade 2 listed hangar which started life as part of an aircraft acceptance park in World War I. Uh, this is where the engines were assembled and tested by the Royal Flying Corps engineers uh, then handed directly to flight crews who flew them to the front. Uh, Hangar 16S was later home to RAF 501 Squadron, who were then sent to France as part of the Advanced Air Striking Force in 1940 and saw distinguished service in the Battle of Britain. So, uh, Matt, did you put those pictures on the screen? Nope, I've only nope, just got them to He's only up, just sorry, to come yeah. up. Uh, but, yeah, the, the pictures on the screen, Matt will pop them up on there, of... Uh, Well it's a complete Harrier Complete Mm, Sea Harrier It looks uh, looks as if it could have Probably have sort of Hovered and Mm. flown itself over there I think But uh, being uh, airlifted by uh, this Chinook So hats off to the Royal Air Force Well done For bringing uh, a piece of uh, history uh, To the museum there Mm. So that'll be another museum f- to visit at some point this
1: year, Matt. We're going to have a yeah. list of places to yeah. visit. We, we, to, uh, we really need to hurry up and win the lottery. That's well, what we need we to do. do, isn't it? Then we, can, then we can attend all these marvellous museums that you have lined up for us, which, which will be marvellous. <laughs> next story. Yeah, next story. This is going back to thebizjournals.com in Portland this time, and uh, presumably Portland, Maine, yeah, I guess. we could Absolutely, be. yes. Yeah, so uh, this, uh, the headline is, Boeing... With Oregon as a as a providing ground military aircraft, uh, sorry, proving, proving, sorry, not providing (laughs) at all. Sorry, (laughs) we'll we'll read that again, shall we? Boeing with Oregon as a proving (laughs) ground military aircraft paint jobs make a resurgence and some photos to follow. So I'll try and do that while reading the story. Uh, Custom paint jobs for military aircraft around the world are enjoying a comeback as military leaders realize they help build morale and lift spirits Mm. among the ranks. And file Boeing says wartime. Was once the primary push for bringing out combat aircraft paint sprayers. Uh, Boeing historian Michael Lombardi said that in a feature about the air spray trend on the Boeing Defense website, uh, World War II pi- painters used to depict uh, sultry pinup girls Ooh. on the aircraft for lonely soldiers to eyeball, or, or ferocious predators on uh, uh, in. Um, to intimidate. To intimidate enemies, sorry. <laughs> uh, sorry, I was trying to look a bit at a long pictures of them. Uh these days aircraft programme milestones and messages of honour are behind many of the flashy paint jobs, Lombardi said. It's about personalising an aeroplane, Lombardi said. If it's a special occasion or filling a special role, you will see Uh, You will see art. Today it's gone down, uh, it's gone beyond nose art, and that has become very, very popular. Uh, Last year, Oregon Air National Guard members were given a big job by their wing commander repaint a Boeing built F 15 Eagle Jet fighter to help boost base morale at Kingsley Field uh, in. I want to say Klamath Falls, sorry about that if I got that wrong. Sorry, I'm in the chat room. The goal uh, was to commemorate the Air National Guard's 75th anniversary across the state, completed in 33 days. The result was a stunning work of flying modern art. The F-15 Eagle features a white eagle head with a screeching yellow beak emblazoned on the fuselage below the cockpit, and the stenciled feathers in black, grey and white plumed along the wing areas. A trail section features images of a forest of green trees and the word Oregon to provide a visual geographical connection. The Oregon F-15 Eagle was so popular it was flown to a Finland air show for display. It is now uh, it is now used for training, Boeing said. The special project was overseen by Master Sergeant Paul Allen, a Washington native who's now been an Oregon Guardsman for for eight years Alan grew up not far from Boeing and developed an affection for airplane liveries uh, the uh, industry team for the paint schemes that d- uh, differentiate airlines and aircraft operators one of his favourite liveries is the Seattle Seahawks logo once displayed on a Boeing 747-8 so I'm going to try and pop up a few of the pictures uh, whilst you guys this talk this is something about we, this. Um, yeah.
0: so we've seen uh, more of at the air shows especially mm. Riyadh here in the UK yeah. the Royal International Air Tattoo where a lot of the uh, um, military forces from around mm. Europe have uh, their jets, fighter jets and aircraft painted with some pretty awesome disp- mm. you know, um, paint jobs. Uh, Matt's put one on the screen there with the Eagle there painted on, uh, on the F-15 yeah, Eagle. Well, well, what, what Fu- more funnily Where enough, yeah, put on? absolutely. Um, but yeah. yeah, I think uh, this does make them look It's definitely better than a boring old grey. Boring old military grey, absolutely. See, that
1: Eurofighter, well, I've seen that one at an air show, that is Mm. really, really good. Yeah, I mean, the only thing is, I suppose, is because if you are in a military situation, I don't know if you want your aircraft necessarily (laughs) standing out quite so openly. uh,
0: If you remember Matt at the uh, Farnborough Air Show, when we stood next to to Micah's favourite aircraft...
1: Oh, the um, the the seaplane. No, um, my head's just gone. Absolutely yeah.
0: blank. What am I doing here? My yeah. come on, <laughs> think,
1: think, um, think. Oh no, no, no! Don't ask me. Oh, my mind. I? have just t- that's totally just gone from my head. Has it right? Yeah, okay. I think. If you check the chat room, you'll probably age. find that Micah has immediately Micah. corrected you. Uh, so have a look and see. Anyway, if that it, had yeah. a Catalina? Okay. Catalina. That's thank it. Thank you, yeah. Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to live that one. Day. It's been a long day for both of us. I, I should know. just say.
0: Yeah. I think it, I, I need to take some more pills. Mm. Uh, yeah, the Catalina that had uh, had some art, some, note, some sort of art on the side and stuff. But a lot. It was all the, very uh, tasteful. It was all
2: very. Yeah, tasteful. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, I think we got some pictures of that. Actually, we took some pictures mm. and put them on and video. Our, yeah, yeah, and video and stuff for that. But uh, yeah, those are and obviously mm. uh, you've got the B17 uh, Duxford, the yes. Memphis yeah, Bell, yeah, the old fam- famous, Memphis uh, Bell, yeah, Memphis yeah. Bell, which is also mm. painted with the design. But even uh, like we said. On the pictures that matt 's showing on here now then these are brand new obviously brand new uh jets there we've got the lockheed martin f thirty five that 's quite an, uh, a very very well known iconic one there the a ten tank buster with the shark uh nose on there, which is quite good as well i li- i like this adrian
2: yeah it looks great absolutely great yeah <laughs> it 's uh fantastic i really like this kind of art uh... I mean, I'm not sure about intimidated. I mean, I think if one of those was coming at you weighing <laughs> our little 150s, at <laughs> mile an hour, we'd be intimidated anyway, I think. So, yeah. Yes, absolutely. have a chance to see the paintwork, but no, they look yes. fantastic. So, Are you right there, Matt? More, yeah, more no, I'm it, sorry.
1: I'm, I'm... <laughs> yes, I'm fine. So okay. a spot a bother going on. Yeah. So uh,
0: anyway, take us uh, for the last story here then, uh, Adrian.
2: Okay, so this comes from Scout.com, a military website, and uh, it's, it's a bit of a long article, so I'll, I'll just go through it quickly, give you the summary. So the Marine Corps are to arm the Osprey with new weapons and build a new variant for the uh, uh, ready for 2030. So uh, so the U.S. Marine Corps is progressing with a new project to arm its v- MV-22 Osprey aircraft with new weapons such as a laser-guided 2.7 inch rockets, missiles, and avid guns. Um, a move which would expand the uh, tilt rotors mission set beyond supply, weapons, and forces. So um, it's to include a wider range of offensive and defensive combat missions, Corpse official said. So, yeah, so it's, so it's a very long article, but. It uh, is. You know, but, yeah, I mean, the V 22. Basically, really, they're arming you know, it, the V 22, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's an amazing machine. I mean, um, I watched a bit of a documentary regarding the build of it, and uh, quite a controversial um, piece of equipment as well as far as the... Yeah, they had a few incidents. just went out of control, mm. didn't they? And, uh, and uh, unfortunately, quite a few accidents in the testing. Uh, but, I mean, it looks... It, it just looks fantastic. I mean, uh,
0: yeah, yeah. The, the story kind of says that basically what they want to do is try and outfit the V-22 Osprey with um, some kind of defence so it can it can... You know, look after itself essentially mm-hmm. when it's on uh, missions and obviously do other things other than just troop transport. But um, yeah, we've got these. We've got quite a few of these in, in the local area where we live here. And uh, yeah, you can't miss these guys when they're flying around mm-hmm. the area with the distinctive noise that this uh, the B22 mm-hmm. makes. It is. Uh, I had the chance a couple of years or a few years back now at Farnborough to uh, to go on board one of these and walk through and sit uh, on the flight deck, and it was. Pretty awesome, I will say. Fantastic. Yeah. Mm. So, that's where we're going to bring that part of the show to a close. And uh, yeah, the chat room's still uh, buzzing away. Everyone's chatting between themselves in the chat room. I do love it how the chat room just kind of. You know, it gets on with itself here. <laughs> 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 well done, everyone. Everyone's just pointing out that uh, it was the PBY Catalina. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes,
1: yes, I don't, yes. You, 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 miss no, Pickup. Neither of us can miss
0: Pickup. Thank you, Mike. Yes, very good. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, getting on to uh to the to our guest host this evening, then Adrian. How how are things with you? I mean, how's the flying going? Obviously, you've uh, it's you're great. fully fledged and and yeah. stuff, and uh, you're building hours up in the old book. Then.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean. Um yeah, I mean, I started two well, two thousand fifteen. I started uh, with the PPL training and uh, planned to get it done in a year. That was my ambition. Took a few months longer than that, maybe I think fifteen months in the end. But uh, yeah, it was certainly challenging. It was definitely a, a journey of uh, highs and lows, as as you know, Carlos. Uh, but yeah, it's all done now. So uh, yeah, it's great now. Now i kind of enjoy it and uh, relax a little bit. And uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, that's 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 where I was at with that. So.
0: So, how, how, do you know how many hours you've got in the book now? Or are you, uh... Yeah,
2: you? Yeah, running around 70 at the moment. Ooh, I blimey. haven't done much. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's slow going, actually. It's, uh, I, I think I got my PPL around, I want to say 51, 52 hours, I think it was, when I was doing something like that. Um, so, I got that the back end of, last, just the back end of the summer, and then I was kind of tied up with work a little bit. I did a quick conversion to a PA28, uh, the four-seater, and... The intention of that really was, you know, obviously to take the family for, for yeah. uh, quick trips around. A jolly, so, yeah. so I did that, and you know, I mean, that was, that was fantastic. I mean, you know, to, to be able to take your family up, you know, in the air and fly them, it was, uh, it was amazing. Um, some liked it more than others. Uh, my wife's not a big fan, but as I mentioned earlier, she's not really, uh, she's not really big on flying, but she's been up a couple of times and, uh, she closes her eyes most of the way, but, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, it's good. But uh, my daughter loved it, so uh, she she had fun. My parents loved it, so, yeah, I'm enjoying it, really am. So, uh,
1: so, so what was involved in, in, in the conversion then? I mean, is it sort of very similar to, to what you have with uh, sort of, like, commercial aviation, if you like? You have to sort of – is it just you go up with an instructor who's familiar with the aircraft, briefs you with how it is differently? Uh, do you have to have, like, a lesson to, like, sort of get signed off on it? I mean, to to, to go from the 150 to – to the PA twenty eight,
2: yeah, I mean, pretty much was that. It really was one lesson, like one hour. I mean, mm. um, I went up with, uh, I, I got my license. Um, I actually used the one five two, which is slightly, slightly sort of modern version of the one fifty, but not that mm. modern really. But uh, but no, I mean, um, pretty much went up with an instructor. Um, we went away. We did a few a uh, few stalls, a few turns. Um, mm. Three landings, I think, and that was it. We're done, signed off, and uh, yeah, it was a lot quicker than I thought, actually. Uh, yeah, and uh, and it, it was a little bit different. I must admit, it's um, the the landings were certainly different. Um, yeah, I bet yeah. the high wing to the the sort of low wing. It, it's uh, you know, in fact, at one point I was wondering if it's ever going to land. You know, you sort of <laughs> go, the ground effect kicks in, and you just. You're just there on the runway think it's going to go down in the end. It's going to go down. But, uh, no, it's good. It's, uh, I'm enjoying it at the moment. Yeah, it's good.
1: And um, I, 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 we can always rely on Tony Tony S for great questions here. And he's saying, <laughs> uh, did you ever consider going abroad for your training?
2: I did. Well, funny enough, uh, I mean, if I go back a little bit, I kind of always had in my mind I'd like to get my my licence, you know. But, uh, um, and then, in, when I was in my thirties, I, I briefly looked into perhaps going to Florida and doing right. one of these intensive courses. Yeah. But uh, anyway, it didn't happen, and uh, time moved on, and and, uh, and then I decided to, to do it in the UK in the conventional way, which I think was the right decision. To
1: make. Yep, right. absolutely.
2: Yeah. You know, this is um,
1: yeah.
0: So I guess uh, I guess uh, you uh, have got to the stage now where you thought, well, like, I'm tired of having old club. Uh, aircraft are flying <laughs> that, that yeah, really. fall apart yeah. every day, like yeah. me. Well, um, no, it's, it's other dirty people other, using yeah, other your aircraft, bleh, isn't it? Yeah, so, you know. how, how did this whole uh, the, the buying of the uh, Cessna 150? Then, how did that all come about? Did, you know, is it, well, it? I mean, for the for the people who don't who don't know, I mean, it's just like going on Auto Trader and trying to find a you know maybe <laughs> the pre
1: like. the pre buy guy. That's yeah, who you the need pre to yeah the pre buy yeah. guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Don yeah. Sebastian.
2: Yeah. It was similar. Well, actually, um, a buddy of mine, he, he actually did his license, a uh, guy from my village who I knew for quite a few years, he did his license similar times. So when we kind of get to the end of getting our license, we think what we're going to do, we, we looked into joining a kind of, you know, a group of other people's. And we've, before we, before long, we were on the internet and scouting around, and kind of convinced ourselves that we could afford this this one fifty, <laughs> and it'd be better on our own, which is yeah, yeah. And then eventually, we told our wives, and <laughs> right, okay, and, uh, yeah, that didn't go well, but uh, no. anyway, we did it. So, <laughs> <I> <laughs> so think... we finally bought the plane from a guy down in Cornwall, and uh, we went down day after New Year's Day and uh, did a test flight, and uh, it was we loved it, absolutely loved it, and then oh, wow. it took kind Of three almost three months for the weather to break good enough to, to get it to uh get it up to um Staffordshire where I live. Um, in fact, eventually the guy kind of had to dump it in uh dump it in Gloucester. Oh, so, yeah, so uh, he just couldn't make it all the way up with the weather. So uh, we went down to Gloucester, um, picked it up and brought it back to Tate Nell in uh near Burt on Trent. So wow. and there she is. So, yeah.
0: Yes, uh should back in the chat room is uh, is asking uh, was the fir- was the first flight in your own plane extra special, extra nerve-wracking?
2: Um, no, it was actually okay. It was okay. It was special. Um nerve-wracking? No, because I-, I think I think because I'd probably got all my training in the 152. I was pretty comfortable with it. It was quite similar, so no, I'd say it was less nerve-wracking. I mean, I had plenty of nerve-wracking moments during my during my PPL training, as I'm sure you have to us <laughs> yeah. with a few little few little incidents. Uh, in fact, actually, on my uh, believe it or not, on my solo. Um, which was an amazing experience but uh, I took off and as soon as I did the first uh, my first turn actually the passenger door flung open oh no nice. <laughs> so, yeah, the instructor hadn't shut the door properly so uh, oh, <laughs> so I'm there and uh, yeah and my my iPhone well, other phones are available was sitting on the, <laughs> <Yeah>. on the <laughs> <Yeah>. seat. <laughs> yeah. like yeah, yeah. Uh, my phone was sitting on the front seat started sliding towards you know an open expanse now luckily <laughs> luckily the doors only open so far right yeah. to stop so it was kind yeah. of bouncing back and flapping but uh, yeah, it really wasn't what you needed on your solo, that's for sure, but uh, you know, I was I was pretty much shaking when I landed, but all oh, good, it was great fun. So, so oh. where did so
1: where did you go in in your if your first flight in your new aircraft? Oh, yeah, cuz everyone remembers where, where did they you went go? for the first drive. Yes. <laughs> where did you go? Did you just literally go up and then come straight back down again or did you fly it back
2: from <laughs> Cornwall? What was the what no, 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 no. Um, actually, um, my buddy flew it back from um, Gloucester to Tatenhill. I, I can't remember. I think we flipped a coin or something, and I lost. It. So uh, <laughs> he flew it, it back. Yeah. So as soon as he landed, of course, I shot over there in my car and went yeah. up, and it was just kind of round, generally around the area. You know, flying over my house. So my, my house is kind of twenty-five miles from the from where we keep it in oh, Hanger. So, yeah. not too. So far. you know, no, not too far. So flying over my house. So. Uh, And since then, it's pretty much the, you know, the uh, bacon-butty flights, really, or the, you know, the $100 hamburger. $100 hamburger, that's it, yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Although
2: slightly less when it's your own plane, it's more of a a kind of $40 hamburger. Exactly,
0: yeah. yeah. So, the aircraft itself then, uh, Adrian, because the the one that I fly the majority of the time is is a 1967 vintage uh, one hundred and fifty. What uh, yeah. what what kind of is it? Is your I'm guessing yours is probably a newer one because it. No, mixes,
2: it, it, it isn't actually. Mine's actually a nineteen sixty six Reims, the, the oh, French version. Okay, so, yeah. the rust free version. Um, oh good, but it, yes. yeah, yeah, it's useful. Yeah, uh, but it, it was meticulously restored by the previous owner, who absolutely adored it. I mean, he did the whole thing, the outside. I think I've shown you a few pictures, Carlos. Yeah, the, yeah, he had The whole outside done. Had all the inside recovered with leather. Um, wow. Yeah, so it 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 kind of looks it looks a lot newer than it is i think the only thing the, the only major investment really is the avionics i think i was going
0: to say what are the avionics uh, on board then is it, i'm guessing it's something quite uh Quite nice. Steam gaugey? No, well I'm, I'm no, guessing it's, it's steam gauge, but probably there is probably a glass screen there oh, somewhere.
2: Okay, all right. Okay. Yeah, it, no, it, it's kind of basic, to be fair. and we we do need to invest because obviously by the end of the year we've got to have the new radio in position for the the change of the law, and uh, mm. so we. That's probably the, the only thing that we've we've really got to do. The, the main airframe, the engine, everything's is all good. It's got uh, good hours. It's got uh, good good compression apparently on the cylinder, so
1: so so I'm, I have to ask you you you've, so, you, yeah, you so I
2: think I think the viability is the investment. Uh,
1: you were saying um what what's this change in the rules then uh, with regard to the radio what what's what's got to happen for for that?
2: Yeah that I, I, I think in I think in simple terms they're kind of running out of frequencies, so they, okay. they kind of invented some kind of in-between frequencies. So okay. uh, you, you've got to have a radio that's, that's kind capable of, of all of them. Essentially, capable yeah. of all yeah. of these uh, yeah. frequencies. So okay. uh, right. so that's what we've got to do. I think we've got to have that in place by the end of the year. But but believe it or not, there is actually a bit of CAA support for that. You can get a, a five hundred pound rebate. I think if you wow. get it oh, wow. done. So <laughs> but the fact there's a five hundred pound rebate kind of tells you how much the it was going to
0: cost <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. so obviously for navigation and stuff adrian um i mean i, I use something called sky demon uh, on my phone is uh i mean is that something you use or is we're, a... we're doing the same thing yeah yeah we're, sky we use
2: ipad sky demon yeah exactly right so i mean it's uh yeah but i mean You've got to be careful though. It's—I uh, mean—we've had it. We've had it lock up on us a couple of times where it's—it's it's literally froze the skydiving. So yeah. you've got—you've got to still kind of stick your head out the window and have, have a, yeah, have you a know, look. Have make a sure you're You're, right. you, you're,
0: you're be, guessing you obviously so still carry the old—the uh, old-fashioned map with you.
2: H- how about the whiz wheel, Adrian? Uh, yes, yeah, the <laughs> you... wheel a little bit. Uh, yeah, I, but right. I tend to I tend to fly now when, when the weather looks a lot a lot better, and I'm going to worry about the wind drift quite so much. But no, no, we st- I still use the wind wheel. Are you I'm lucky? Yeah.
0: Uh, where you live, are you lucky that you've got around here when we fly, or when I fly around here we've got so many different things that I can see when I'm in the air, I know where I am markers, there's, yeah. there's like, you know there's what the, the, we've got the Sizewell B power station right on the coast which sticks out a lot of sore thumb uh, various uh, wind farms and stuff like that, we've got lots of you know, visual things that you can see. You always know where you are. Is that the same for you, where you're, you're flying? Um,
2: yeah, I mean, you've got East Midlands Airport one side, you've got oh. Birmingham Airport the other side. So quite, you, quite, yeah. You've got a real, quite a big market. You've got Manchester uh, mm. just above you, so you've got a... Re- no, there isn't. It's... There isn't so many landmarks. I mean you've got a couple of power stations to to spot there and a, and a couple of reservoirs normal deal, but you've you've got to be very careful around where, where I fly because you really are in a kind of Birmingham East Midlands Manchester Corridor, yeah. What you class know, airspace is that where you are? Sorry?
0: It, what class airspace is that where you are um based?
2: Well, uh, well is it uncontrolled um,
0: where you are or Sorry, is it uncontrolled where you are? Can you? Oh no, it's
2: it's controlled. No, we so we're we're controlled above two and a half thousand feet with East Midlands. Okay, um, but if you drift, probably five miles if you take off within five miles you're going to be in fully controlled airspace so it's uh. you've got to be you've got to be really careful and uh, i had had one or two little incidents during my training with the with the airspace i mean not not like a full <laughs> i mean not a full i mean I, i'm only just able to speak about it now it was so <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh no uh training for my cross-country navigation i was i was um, told to plot a course up from from leicester back up to burton on trent and uh you know, and it was quite windy. Uh, obviously, my calculations were quite right. Something went a little bit wrong. So, I, I was drifting closer and closer to East Midlands, apparently. And uh, not long after, on the radio, I got a call from the controller, you know, um, asking me what my intentions were because I drifted into his airspace. So, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, so, I quickly replied, my intention is to get out of here as fast as possible. Yes. Yeah. And I about, had no other words. And I literally just looked for the countryside. and yeah. you know, I mean, and away. No, I mean I was getting close. I wouldn't say I, could, you know, I was in their airspace, <laughs> but it, but it, it, they could obviously see me on the... Uh,
1: <laughs> they could obviously see you on the scope, as it were. They could see yeah. me on the scope and yeah. thought,
2: what the hell is this guy doing? Yeah, Where's he absolutely. heading? But yeah, I, mean, you know, I, I wasn't closer. I mean, they weren't like start to load like um suitcases on my plane or anything no, like no. my friends no, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no. but no, actually, it was close enough so uh, you say
1: yeah. that while you were saying that Adrian Carlos actually put his head hand up and I've sort of s- I've done I've yeah I yeah.
0: I done the same um last end of towards the end of last year I um <laughs> yeah. I slightly encroached into Norwich International oh, Airport they, they they <laughs> called me up and asked me what exactly like Adrian said what my intentions were and yeah. I was like um I'm I'm going I'm, I'm going I'm sorry I'm, I'm not. Slight, slight error sorry. I'm, leaving. I'm leaving sorry yes. I'm going
1: <laughs> yes, absolutely I made yeah. a terrible
0: the, the problem is when they, when they ask when you overfly the airport and they ask you to stay at a certain height right and then because I sit at a certain height and I keep to that height and then while you're flying you look around and you enjoy the scenery and yeah. as you're doing that you've Kind of trim the aircraft slightly, so you're kind of starting to either <laughs> descend or, oh. or you know, or to uh, to you know gain altitude, and then that's when the problem starts. They've told yeah. you to, they've told you to uh, to to go fly over at two thousand eight hundred feet, and you're at three thousand two hundred feet. Oh, and oops! They're right. wondering where, where you're where, where. are you doing that?
1: Where I suppose that's one of the. I, mean, I think we. I mean, we've discussed this before, isn't it? Actually, where you're learning to fly, you're so lo- lucky because there's so little controlled airspace around. It. Other than. Oh. Well, we are. Airport. We are so lucky here. You know, I mean, you um, can yeah. you can go for a, quite a long way before you hit airspace that's regulated. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, you have I to
0: be careful around the air, the air force bases around yes, here, course, but uh, yeah, they do yeah. get a bit funny sometimes. But, but do so, they? What little Cessnas yeah, flying yeah, into the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely get shot <laughs> get out, out of it, the sky? Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so,
0: not going into too much detail with with the kind of figures, uh, Adrian, but um, just as a matter of interest for especially for people as well and who are listening Ooh. to the show the insurances stuff inside of things like that is it does it cost a, an absolute million pounds to insure and oh know, no, to, no
2: no 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 it, it's it's kind of not much more than a car really to be okay. a, it's it's not it's not too bad at all so uh so far <laughs> yeah um, I, know, I, I, know so I know far is, i know my life my life insurance <laughs> definitely took a hit when uh when
0: i started to learn to fly that is uh mm. Yeah, my life insurance is, is is doubled. No, no, that's just um, the wife a month. <laughs> oh no, no, hers uh, is not not as much. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. but she's, she, Gemma's more than happy that I have doubled my life insurance. Right, so, I bet yeah. she's delighted. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, you're,
2: you're exactly right. I mean, I I kind of had to take a, a new life insurance out once I started flying. So I thought I better I better declare yeah. this, and uh, yeah, sure enough, it was. It was at least double mm, what wow, the yeah, previous that. life insurance was. Yeah, it is, it's a problem. Yeah. Mm. But there again, I got a lot older since then as well, so maybe that was a reason. So the the um, <laughs> the, <laughs> the
0: club yeah. the club you fly at, then Adrian, you fly from or where you're based at. Um, with the club I fly, you pay a you pay a you know yearly fee, and that includes all your landing takeoff fees and everything through through the whole year. Is that the same with you, or do you have to pay a charge or? No, no,
2: it's it's pretty much the same. We 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 join the club and uh, East Midlands Flying Club, and uh, yeah, we, for that we could do other landings. But we've also uh, just recently took a took a hangar, a new hangar. They've had some new hangars put up at Tate Nill, so uh, we've taken a hangar there, and uh, so we so that that side of life's all covered. Mm. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah.
0: So what's uh, what the future plans then, Adrian? Winding up, how you know? Um, What are the kind of future plans you've got for the aircraft or for you and yourself and
2: flying? Oh, I think, I mean, the main reason we we got one for ourselves really was for our building because I think, apart from the cost, you know, trying Mm to, you know, get a plane from the local club. I mean, you know, we have so many sort of few or so few kind of sunny days. As soon as the weather's good, everybody bombs down there, hires all the aircraft. You've not got a chance. Yeah. uh, it really is difficult. So you know, we we figured out thought well, if we've got any intention of doing anything with this license yeah. in the future, you need a few hundred hours at least, even to to, to even start thinking about um, you know some lower Commercial, level stuff. Yeah. Um, so you know, when you you think about how many years you would need to do to get 200 hours, it was kind of well, mm-hmm. I think this is the only way we can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to fly in the US. I think that that's kind of one of my my real goals. So yeah. I'm in the middle of trying to get my U.S. license, which is mm-hmm. kind of more of a paperwork exercise than anything else. It's kind of gain a, approval for mm. um, pro- the, the certain forms available for proving yeah. that you've got a license, that you're medical, that you're, you're a good person yeah. and all those type of things. So, yeah. uh, And then I, I guess I will look at, you know, trying to do some flying out there in the U.S. where, you know, when I'm looking forward to the kind of open airspace there. You know, it's... Uh, and, that lack of controlled airspace—that that'll appeal to me.
1: I think. You, you want something along the lines of like the the, the old famous Route 66, but for aviation, does not <laughs> you? Yeah. You want that that's sort of thing? Exactly <laughs> yeah.
2: That's exactly what we need. Something like that. But yeah. you no, know, I I would like to. I'm I'm too old. To, I'm too old to really think about doing anything as a career with aviation. Snap. And yeah. I've got my own business, so that takes a lot of my time anyway. So, yeah. but so but I would like to do something useful with aviation. So, so you know, we'll we'll see where it goes. I mean, if. If I could get a job flying kind of tourists around and tourists around island hopping around uh, Florida or somewhere in a sort of six or eight seater, that'd be good. That'd be a good retirement kind of job, I guess. So I'll work on that. But I think that's about the level of it, really.
0: So,
1: So Matt's got a question for you, special question. It's one we always ask. It is. It's a question we always ask those that have got got their pilot's licence, and I'm sure you've heard us say it I don't know how many times, so (laughs) I'll I'll (laughs) spare you with all the flannel that goes with it. But basically, if you could jump into the hot seat of any aircraft that's either flying still today or retired retired, uh, in, in any time in history, what would you most love to sit behind the controls of and take for a joyride? Hmm.
2: Interesting. If I steer away from all the obvious answers, I would say the most, <laughs> the best-looking plane, all played I would say, was the BOAC Comet. I think they were beautiful. I mean, oh, obviously, yeah. not the square, not the square window. Version. No, not the square yeah. window yeah. ones. No, no the later <laughs> no. Version, You know, the you know the uh, the round window version. But no, they they were a beautiful plane. I think it's such a shame what happened to those. Really, it's uh, so something. Something like that. I think that that era of aviation is the one that fascinates me the most. I think that kind of, that, that kind of generation and the old, um, you know, the, pan- the glamour of the Pan Am and all this and the constellations and all these type of things. So it would be something from that era, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, no question.
1: Oh, good
2: yeah, that's what we like,
0: like to that. hear so we had um, we had just a quick fill in before we mm-hmm. finish we had an email in this week as well uh, just been reminded thank you very much to Matthew Buntingframe and uh, actually Matthew's one of our he's, he, he, he ordered a t-shirt he has ordered a, us, a t-shirt yeah. and yes, that hopefully absolutely. that should be with you Matthew by the year 2050. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, <it's> coming by <laughs> right. Royal Mail. Yes, yeah. yeah. Matthew uh, Bunting Frame actually sent me in uh, an email through our website, and it was uh, a story, and it was on the Esquire dot com site. And it's a funny story. I, I'm, I'm not going to go into too much detail. We'll, what I'll do is I'll post the story on our Facebook. We'll in- page we include it in the show notes and we'll on the well, show yeah. notes as well. Yeah. Um, but basically, the story is about the F-35, an aircraft we've all heard about. The super-advanced super advanced $100 million dollar fighter jet. And basically, uh, the the, uh, the aircraft itself, um, they've found that uh, they've got some... I think it was at an air show somewhere. They've got uh, a few of these. And there's a thunderstorm nearby. Right. And because the, uh, the F-35s weren't equipped to fly in thunderstorms, uh, they couldn't fly. <laughs> so you've got a $100 million dollar fighter jet that um, Fight. if, if the weather's a bit... Yeah. bit naff. No good. You can't fly. Right. Great news. So okay. if <laughs> anyone's going to have a war... Yeah. Um, yeah, just okay. make sure make sure that it's thundering. The weathers yes, and, yeah. the weather's nice, uh, and then they can use these. Okay, jets. good. But that we'll explains. we'll put the links to that on the uh, on will. the website yeah. and in the show <laughs> notes. Uh,
1: but that's uh, that's on the Esquire.com website. It's uh, quite a funny read. A well, funny read. Uh, is, uh, thanks very much, uh, Adrian, for joining us on the show. Give yourselves uh, give yourself a quick plug um, of what you do. You are saying you run your own business? So give it, give yourself a quick plug if, if you like. Give yourself a plug. Ah, uh, yeah, I
2: run my own automation company in uh, here in North Staffordshire. Oh, I come solution so i only started a couple of years ago it's going well it's keeping me good keeping me keeping me flying which is the main thing so oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah thanks for that and <laughs> thank you guys for having me on the, on the show i mean i'm totally flattered i mean i've uh, been listening for for a long long time and uh, in the background there, and uh, yeah, and uh, you know, i got. To say, you'll get over it. It's fine. <laughs> uh, no, no, I've got to say, like you know, your show and, and the APG and that. Yeah. It was really when I was when I was having my highs and lows in flying. It was always good to listen to the you know the aviation. Oh, it just kept me yeah. kept me focused, kept me interested because you know there is there's some dark days when you're learning to mm-hmm. fly, as you know, Carlos. It's uh, there's there's some real real lows but there's some great highs as well yeah. so but thanks very much
1: no. you and if you're interested in what uh, adrian does it's www.icamsolutions that's the letter i cam com. yeah definitely okay.
0: so well done and a big thank you as well to you adrian for uh, for your generous uh patreon uh, support uh, each each uh, month that's very kind of you
2: Thank you. You're very welcome, and I really look forward to coming up and flying the uh, Shady Lady. Oh, <laughs> I tell you. I love it. it. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully, we fingers
0: know. crossed, Sorry. I shall come and see you definitely in April. We'll, we'll, we'll sort something out there. <laughs>
1: So, uh, if you want to get in touch with the show, that can be done. Where can by... they find us? Well, Matt? they can find us in all sorts of places. They can find us in uh, www.plaintalkinguk.com. You'll notice there that there's a marvellous advert for our t-shirt that's just popped up on he's the old He's still so of he is, is Matt and <laughs> he is
0: still so incredibly ch- every Bless day at work. Yeah, really. Honestly. Oh, yeah. that's
1: good. So anyway, he's got another <laughs> he's got another minute worth of fame wearing oh. his t-shirt. So yes, yeah, so plaintalking. dot uh, plain for slash store and that's where you can take yourself to buy a t-shirt uh you can find us on facebook it's facebook.com forward slash plain talking uk and our twitter handle is at plain talking uk if you want to send in some feedback as i say we had a lovely email um uh, earlier in the week which i read out uh, during just before our break and that is podcast at plain talking uk dot com so
0: join us next week then for episode 156 Oh, we're making our way towards are, 200. 200. What we're going to do, I the ideas know. for our 200 It's going to have to be something special, <laughs> isn't it? I know. Uh, um, and also, before we wrap up the show, don't forget, um, it's Pittsburgh, Air, the yeah. Wings of a Pittsburgh air show in May. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully, it would be absolutely amazing if some of our listeners could make it across to Pittsburgh for the air show. Me and Matt will obviously be there. We're, I've just booked my tickets he today. Has, yes, I've he booked has my tickets. It, it? I'm flying Air Canada. So if any, if you're listening from Air Canada, I'm going to be marking your uh,
1: your service up when I'm on board. Basically, what he wants is an upgrade, shush ladies and gentlemen. Shush. <laughs> 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 Indeed obviously earlier in the show we heard the legend that is Pilot Pip if we you did. want to uh, catch up on his latest escapades one, uh, there's one coming up very shortly um, I don't think I'm allowed to say too much about it but it will involve me so uh, oh, really? I personally will be appearing uh, are on. oh he doesn't invite me does he no, no. oh yeah. no no, no. Yeah. but <sighs> on the subject matter that they're discussing you'll fully understand why so uh, yes yeah, mm. so it is the Plane Safety Podcast and it's pl- www.planesafetypodcast.com is where you go to uh, listen to his show. Not happy, Pip. Anyway, (laughs) that is where we're going to bring episode
0: 155 to a close. Sorry, brain freeze again. God, I really (laughs) need to get an early night tonight. Yes, you do. (laughs) Uh, Obviously, don't forget to look uh, on Facebook to find out when we're going to be
1: live next week. Should be Friday. Honestly, we get to the end of the show look and then Adrian finally sorts out his camera. We can actually see him now. (laughs) (laughs) He's been fine. (laughs) I thought he's been fine. (laughs) Anyway, yes, that's it, guys. Uh, Thanks very much. Thanks Thanks to everyone in the chat room.
0: Yep. Big, big thanks to everyone in the chat room. Loads and loads of people in there, as always. I see uh, Nelson, Lisboa Nelson. He uh, joined us as well this evening. Doctor Steph
1: was in there as well. Legend, legend. it is Doctor Steph, Mm -hmm. and Nev's been in there keeping Nev um, Tech, yeah, keeping everyone and Micah and everyone. Yes, so 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 many names in there. I we will miss someone out if we go through them all. So thanks very much for your support as always. Uh, That is where we bring episode number one five five to a close. Thanks all for watching from all of us here in the studio. Say goodbye, Adrian.
2: Goodbye.
1: And from all of us here (laughs) in the studio, it is.
2: Bye! uh, Goodbye!